This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. Hear me out. Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just pissing them off uh, as normal. Uh, I, I see. This was a good week to pick some, piss them off. There's a lot of stuff to be for them to be pissed off about. Man. Um, yeah. Twitter's, of course, a, uh, a minefield um, as normal. You know, amazing. I, I am kind of surprised that we didn't get the... Uh, well, I guess you got to wait for it because it's not official yet, but... Given the, the the reporting that's out there, I was uh, halfway expecting you to uh, to tell me that you have recorded your Levitard, uh, uh classical music uh, version of like and now with with the announcement of well Osprey already been you know known he's coming in AEW Okada the news coming out about him and also uh big business being announced I was expecting you to do the Levitard once the, once the, once the decision happened where he said. They said we 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 want to get two of them. We got them all. So I, I was. Hey, hey! I was hey. spending that. I kind of was. Are, these, these are good ideas. <laughs> I, I may have to consider breaking out the rant. Okay, okay. I mean, I may have to consider it. What's the last time you used a Levitar rant format? I think it was the, the Tanahashi winning the the G one in two thousand eighteen. Was that was that really after Alexa Bliss? Yeah, it was. Okay, okay, all right, it then. was. Yeah. Um. So, long time listeners will will know if if you've recently joined One Nation Radio. <laughs> there's if you type in the definitive Alexa Bliss rant and yes. on YouTube, you will find. Three minutes of fury. <laughs> um, there's also a Hiroshi Tanahashi wins the G1 one, and then you know I kind of put it away. There, there are other things I'm sure I could have uh, pulled the rants out over the years, but yeah, we're gonna. But when 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 when, when business is business, look <laughs> out. Yeah, um, so, but yeah, man, uh, a lot of stuff going start? on, man. Um, I, I saw the show list. I already got what was on this show list, as usual. Yeah, man, we should um, we should probably start. Um, well, everybody that's listening to the show in podcast format, could you guys do us a favor and leave us some ratings and all that on whatever you listen to? Like, if if you um, 
uh, listen on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or uh, Spotify. I don't think it lets you like leave comments or anything, but leave us some five star ratings. Don't don't come with that fuck shit. And um, if, if it's a uh, Apple Music one, we would love to see some new comments. I just kind of want to see what happens, like see if it will give us a little jolt or something, but or you know if this shit is fake or not. So, <laughs> but uh, Super Bowl, well, that's where we ah, should begin. That's right. How how could I forget? Given that it is my background right now, how could I? Forget? <laughs> so yeah, man. Um, I watched the Super Bowl last night. I'm sure uh, it looks like what's the number? Uh, a hundred twenty three point four million uh, people did. Jesus, uh, smashing and shattering the record. It broke the um, mash record. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, or. That I just see shattering the record from Josh number two. I don't know if it broke the mash record, but for Super Bowl, probably okay. this okay. is this is for sure. But um, yeah, I watched my one game of the year. Uh, it got good to see Patrick Mahomes back again. You know, just like last year, and familiar result. Uh, my 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 one day uh, fandom. Uh, shout out to Floyd Johnson Jr., who was on the show last week. Rave reviews. Uh, you guys love hearing Floyd. We love having him on here. But, um, man, we almost should have got Floyd this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you know, at, at first it was, it was you know, pretty boring at first. It was like, yeah. you know, the Chiefs are just getting bottled up in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but after that, I was like, man, the 49ers is not breaking away. Right. And I was just like, mm, it's a matter of time. They're going to crack them eventually. And it literally took them until overtime to run them down and like fully like to where like the possessions lined up with the score and the, and the clock and Mahomes Mahomed. And then like, like there's no, cause um, we're watching it with uh, Alex and Alicia and Alicia was rooting for the 49ers. And when they went up, on that uh, field goal, I think it was twenty two nineteen. Me and Alice just kind of like you know sat there because like you know she was she was you know t- talking some noise and all that. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, we know it's about to happen. We just gonna we just gonna wait it out. And um, you know, I look, I, I feel like I didn't see brothers with particular skill on the on the offense for the Kansas City Chiefs. I I didn't feel like I saw like, you know. Uh, the niggas that be in the nineties and the overalls, like I didn't feel like I saw them uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs, except you know <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that was a story about about this year. Um, and I, I will, I'll think I'll save it for a later point. Is that like this was this was a defensive team. This is not the team that uh, when Mahomes inherited it's. Two future Hall of Fame, there's two Hall of Fame talents at tight end and Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, um, complimentary big big possession, contested catch receiver like a Sammy Watkins, and um, a just a makeshift defense, right? This is now over time has d- turned into like a great defense with two corners that can lock you up and cause problems for you, and you know. Chris Jones, who's been an All-Pro for multiple years now, and they and they can and they can hold you down. And at this point now, it's like we have nickel and dime Mahomes with his offensive skill weapon so far so much, but he has blossomed so much as 
a game manager, and I mean game manager in the actual sense of it, not the not the derogatory thing of saying you're not making plays. Like, get you out of we get we get to the line. I see the the alignment of the defense. I change the play to get us into something that can get us to win and get us keep us ahead of the chains when need to, and and, and I can use my feet or whatever else. Like, I mean that managing of the game, and yeah, like it's been interesting to watch him accumulate these numbers while like becoming less of the flamethrower more of the of the surgeon than the butcher if you will and it doesn't matter he still fucking wins because when he gets the ball last you lose that's that's the, that's the, that's the main story of all this um so i am going to change my uh i'm going to change what i just had in here in my background uh to accommodate what I, my next point about this uh and why it's so crazy so um the thing for me watching this game is you mentioned that, that the time when it went up in, in overtime to get to the uh, field goal. Uh, I'm sorry, um, when the Niners went up in the field goal with the new rules of it being it's a new game. Um, the, if they, even if they scored a touchdown, the Chiefs would have gotten the ball back and they had to match it and keep the game going. Otherwise, the game went over. Um, but the thing that I saw and it just like, wow, for me was when they, they kicked the field goal. <laughs> to go up by three in overtime. And they cut to Purdy. Purdy's clapping politely, like, yeah, we're up three. We can, you know, whatever. And they cut to Debo Samuels. And Debo has this look on his face. Because he knows they're <laughs> fucking going home. You just gave Patrick Mahomes four downs to get to score seven points. It's over. And I knew I felt like it was over. When I saw this on his face, I was like. Even the even the the people that just went up in the Super Bowl know it's feel like it's over. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna sit back and watch this. And he rules off uh he rules off uh the two runs, the one on fourth down, which is like it it's come to find out it wasn't it was a pass, it was a uh, run pass option. It wasn't like traditional zone read, but it's like they did it earlier in the game. It worked because Bosa is just crashing down because like, I think we figured out like the way to have the best quarterback ever. It's not that it's, you need somebody to have Vic or uh, Lamar home, Lamar Jackson or Cam Newton for legs or, or whoever else you want to say this all time scrambler. It's the, the person that can make every single throw under the book, protect the ball. And also have the legs to where you for, the defense forgets that you have legs, and when you use them, it completely devastates you. Mm-hmm. And that's what Mahomes has done these last Super Bowls. Like, obviously, last year he had the bad ankle, but he still broke off that big run in that game against the Eagles, where you're just like, oh, y'all lost. And I don't blame you if you want to quit right now, because that's, that, that's devastating. You had him bottled up, and he climbs the pocket, and he gets out, and it breaks off the big run. And then Bosa, he's like, why am I... You know they 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 ran a bunch of that option and they were killing it. Like the they, they could not do it or the uh, the Chiefs could not move the ball, running the ball traditionally out of that out of that shotgun stuff. Just couldn't. But whenever he decided to pull the ball, because the read was so obvious, that's how hard Nick Bosa was crashing down. And there's the run pass option; he could throw it out to whoever's in, running the, like the uh, the flat route or the or the air route, whatever you want to call it. It's opened this huge gap, and you just take it. And it happened twice. It happened on the, it happened early in the second half and it happened in uh the 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 last drive and then they get down the field they throw a little uh tight end screen to Kelsey Kelsey gets the first down so now it's first down and 
in in goal like three yards out, and it's like, oh, it's over, bro. Uh, that Travis Kelsey thing, I was like, when I saw him catch that, and he was like ten yards out, and then like he, there was like four dudes in front of him. He charged to the five, and then that pat that that pile like moves a uh-huh. little bit. I was like, oh score? my god, I bro, I was like, this nigga's about to carry four niggas to the end zone. Taylor Swift is going to teleport onto the field yeah. like after this. This is a movie ending. <laughs> we are going to see this forever. And then like he went down somehow, right. and I was shocked. Right, I was yeah. like, I was like, what the fuck? Hold on, what? Now the reason why it worked is because that that's the thing that makes like the difference between like Gronk and Kelsey is that like Kelsey is slippery and shifty and has great change of uh change of um speed in in direction or whatever else. Gronk is just a straight line machine and a monster, right? Like he's he's he'll never have the the hips and ankles and mobility that t- Kelsey has or that Kelsey has. But Kelsey, like in that same sense, like he got through that pile because he was able to be a little shifty going through and, and fight through, and he got stopped on a dime. Whereas if the polar bear had got the ball in that situation, he may have gotten he may have not gotten uh past the line of scrimmage on that play. But if he had gotten past the line of scrimmage, Gronk is carrying all every single motherfucker into the <laughs> into the end zone. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't know if he actually it breaks gets through to get past line of scrimmage like Kelsey did. So that's like the difference of like athlete between those two, and that's why mm-hmm. these two, you know, in my opinion, the two greatest tight ends of my lifetime. So yeah, like then it sets up again, right? Similar concept to last year's Super Bowl when they ran it multiple times, send the short, send the motion to stack the receivers and. When you're in goal line, you have to play man because it's too easy for a receiver just to find a hole and turn around and just catch the ball, right? So you have to play man. But with the shifting and the stacking, the DBs in the back have to, like, figure out, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna have inside leverage here. You have outside leverage here. I'll take the in-breaking right. You take the out-breaking right. Or you take the high route. I'll take the low route. They have to do all that stuff and figure it out. But when you do the short motion – your eyes automatically, like, depending on responsibility, your eyes shift to the backfield or to responsibility. You forget that, like, he can always just come back this out this way. And that's how the Eagles got scored on two touchdowns in Super Bowls last year with the Chiefs. They ran the concept that we talked about with him pulling the ball or whatever else. <clears throat> they ran both concepts in the same play, and it, and it, it breaks for a touchdown. And they didn't, they didn't run that at all in the game. But it was like, they pulled out the play from last year, plus the concept that torched them for big runs for, for Mahomes. It was like, what can you do with this fucking guy? This is the perfect guy. Like, you go through Andy Reid's history with quarterbacks and all the stuff with, you know, he's he has Favre when he's the offensive coordinator there from Holmgren, right? He gets the Eagles job. He has McNabb, which is unconventional for the time. He has he has to learn how to work with Kevin Cobb as on the back end of that. He then goes to Kansas City. He has a one of the better college receipt or quarterbacks you ever seen in Alex Smith, but a college quarterback style nonetheless, and he made it work. And then he finds the guy that has all the tools, and he has all the experience of all these unconventional type of quarterbacks to work all this college shit into the NFL. And he's always he was always one of the greatest like play callers of all time. And it's like, what the fuck can you do? You have Mahomes on point, and you have that guy on the sideline, and you have the 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 the, the tight end that can run that runs a million option routes and get open at any time because he just he just knows where to find the space in the zone. It's when they're on point and he moves and he gets desperate. Mahomes to use his feet, 
You just can't fucking guard them. And it's almost like, in the example I use, it's like when you watch a Shuri fight, or Shuri match, and it's like, okay, here's the match. He get, She gives you a little bit of sprinkle of the Lucha Libre, have the technical wrestling, whatever else, the mat wrestling, all that kind of stuff. And then, it get, and then the person starts coming back. She's like, fuck it. I'm just going to kick him in the chest a million times until they fucking cave. When he uses his feet, you cave. You're done. And it's just, it's almost like he's inevitable. Great point in the comments. What you do is not get your extra point block. That was crazy. Um, yeah. And but it would, you know, I feel like I saw it would have came out yeah, the wash eventually anyway. They'd have figured it out. Yeah, I, I feel like there were a couple plays like where um, the shit was reminding me of like John Elway, like running, like and then like that last. Uh, Remember that one time he got like spun around helicopter. and shit. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. like that. But like Mahomes like took off on that like twenty yard run. He did that shovel pass or whatever yeah. too. I was like, man, if this was Brett Favre, they'd be out, out here talking about, oh, he just loves the game. He plays like a kid. We love him. We love him. Like, but, that, but that's the thing with Mahomes because you know, like his background, like he was a he was a pitcher too, right? Like he was a mm-hmm. high school college pitcher. So it's like. He has all that sidearm action shit. Like, you should have saw the, the way people were talking about Mahomes when, like, he first gave on the team and he was throwing no-look passes for completions. Mm-hmm. Like, literal no-look passes. And it was mm-hmm. like, what is this? And then, like, over the last uh, two, two, two and a half to three years, like, um, all of a sudden, like, he started seeing so many, like, two high safety, cover four looks, and he had to, like, Learn how to be patient and just take underneath stuff because teams are like, we're not letting Tyreek Hill just run 50 yards this way. We're just not doing it no more. We're just going to have all the protection back there. You have the dink and dunk us down the field, and hopefully you have to be perfect over, you know, seven plays to score on us. And over these years now, he's learned. And for like about the first month of that season, two years ago, or three years ago, it was like, people were like, have they figured him out? And then it was like, he just got to, he just has to now his quarterback now. He has to be the surgeon. And he's not a surgeon, and he's still just eviscerates people. And then, you know, when it comes down to it, can't run the ball at all. They run play action, and he throws a fucking 40-yard dart down the field on a, on a attacking a safety on, on a post. And it's like, he can still do this. It's just the receivers don't get open. So, uh, that often. So, like, yeah, man, he's just uh, phenomenal. And I, I even while saying that, like, the defense is incredible to hold on, to have to deal with that kind of onslaught because I'm watching the game and I'm just like, okay, they, McCaffrey fumbled on opening drive. All right. McCaffrey was awesome. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And I, you make the argument that they should have gave him the ball more, but he was tired. Like, that last drive, he called out, he came out the game because he, you could see him, like, you know, walking off gas because he was so tired and he took off a couple plays and came back in. But it's like, they were, they, the, the Niners did not. The Niners used him as much as they pop, they probably could have, but like if they could have used him more, they would have won this game. Uh, they they got really cute in like the what the end of the third quarter or end of the second quarter into the third quarter, which is like not just trying to just pound the rock and and end up costing because Purdy just wasn't he's missing open shots in times when they had people open. He just can't make us he, if he gets moved off his spot. He doesn't have the arm strength to like be able to follow through and like do like the Elon man and throw off your back foot. And sometimes it's inaccurate. Sometimes it is like whenever he goes off his back foot, it's never accurate. Um, so yeah, it's just pretty. It, 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 it seems like, you know, the, the 49ers could have used a game changer out there. You <laughs> so, know, I don't want to, I don't want to shit on Purdy too bad because like his limitations are his limitations, but within his limitations, he's playing as well as you can ask him to play. 
Mm-hmm. Right? It's not like I'm it, it's not like a um who's somebody that's look. It's not like a Josh Dobbs situation where it's like, I don't think this dude's an NFL quarterback, and then like he comes out here and he throws the game away or he does the like he makes the right read. Just if things go wrong, you're done in most situations like you're, you're not going to have him extend the play like that and even I, I can't even say like that because he actually seen the play a couple times in Super Bowl but I mean like consistently right he's not mm-hmm. going to be able to create outside the pockets consistently and they shouldn't have to do that he has multiple all pros on that offense and it, you know Debo goes up with a ba- uh, comes out the game for a short amount of time with a bad hamstring uh Trent Williams out here shaving points with back-to-back penalties uh, yeah <laughs> you know like it was just uh it was just unfortunate for them because like that's a really good team and like you look at like that path that the chiefs went through just now they were the underdog in three so straight, tough underdog in three straight games to, to win a super bowl that is tough like and going going into people's houses yeah you know back to back to back league mvps josh yep. allen um so my question for you is this right now that you've you've seen two of these games, and and they're not necessarily they're great games, but not necessarily like the greatest games ever from Mahomes, right? Like, yeah, like I was gonna say, like he didn't like but like bust the defense open or do right. anything like that. It was like it was a lot of like short passes and stuff, but it right. was like all that shit just kept adding up and right. adding up and adding up, and it was just like, yeah, man, it, it felt like a, a it felt like a uh, well-oiled machine, like just literally like a factory, like, all right, they're going to get what they want on offense. It, it doesn't matter. Like you're going to take the top, like they, they can't go deep. Their entire, like, uh, I don't know all the terminology, but everything short yeah. is right there on the table for them the right. whole game. Right. And, and like, <laughs> it was, it was like, except the, that, that one time he took a shot where he was just like, whatever. And then he threw yeah. a pick, but yeah, and I mean, even even then, that pick is like I don't know if you know this. Like that was his first pick in the last two postseasons. Mm-hmm. He went through two. He won two Super Bowls and threw one pick. That's crazy. Like I, like the dude is incredible. Like there's I, there's just not enough to to say about the dude at this point. And like we're now six years as a starter. He's been to six conference championship games. He's been to, he's been to four Super Bowls. He's won three of them. He won Super Bowl MVP three times. He's won regular season MVP twice. Like we've never seen nobody be this good at football ever, ever for like like to come in in six over six year span. No one's ever been as good at football. Sorry. Yeah, it's man, just unbelievable, seen. and it's like he's twenty eight. Like we should, ex- we should be able to expect like play like this for another decade or more. Crazy man, like, like, he's, like I don't know like, where the hell he's what, taking. What us, if they I'm draft like, somebody that can catch the ball? Right, you know, right. They I mean, get open. Yeah, I mean, you already know who I want to draft, but, but sometimes I don't get those kind of dreams. But like you know, uh, if, if 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 they would like to draft Keon Coleman late in the draft as a steal because that man was hurt the last half a year and his tape don't look all that great. I, I I would, but he's gonna when we need tests, he's gonna test off the charts because that man was a Michigan State uh basketball player, and he's out here dunk. He was out here doing windmill dunks in jeans. Uh, to, yeah, I, I just um, I I would just like I would I would just like for him to fall. Like I think I think that tape ain't good enough, you know, for a first round grade. I think people need to see him, and when they see him, they be like, oh okay. And then you get like that's another thing. Now that we're talking about it, like I want to talk about this. So. We talked about 
the Tyreek Hill era era of like they had big bodies, Kelsey and Tyreek Hill on offense at at, at at the skill positions, and you know Damian Williams at, at running back, and they just they they had dudes that looked apart and could play played apart for their size. And then you know Tyreek Hill leaves a few years ago. The guys get smaller, more gadgety. Like it's a lot of like Darren Sproles, just Darren Sproles types, you know, um, like the small dudes, small dudes that they can play. But it's like you wish you had someone bigger that you can go to. Um, you wish you had an actual possession type of guy. And he still figured this out. And like last year was like you know replacing like the Sammy Watkins roles was like Juju Schuster Smith or Smith or Smith Schuster. They let him go. I don't know why. And then you know they is out here with. With Kadarius Tony, that's another two times two times Super Bowl champ. Yeah, bro, they won a Super Bowl with they won a Super Bowl with a starting wide receiver. They said we need to scratch because we because we feel like you are an op. Look, I don't trust nobody that willingly shaves their eyebrows off and just rocks them like bro. that. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it, he has hair. That's not alopecia. I saw that. I checked the chin hair first before I said before I made any jokes okay. or anything. Yeah. I was like, hold on, let me make sure it's not. I'll, okay, I'm filing that one away. Yeah. And <laughs> make sure this ain't no away. KG Charlie Villain away situation. Yeah, <laughs> you you're not gonna have me out here. Also, never mind. I ain't gonna ever Charlie Villain snitch on that man. Like you ain't finna bully me. I'm a snitch on him. And then KG off off the roof is like, you say you you, you say that he is to the league. You say that he that he was a can he like a cancer patient. No, I said he was cancer to the league. Kate, I, there's. Why? We've been watching. We watch basketball our whole lives. KG absolutely caught it, man. They can't say he like a cancer patient. He, yes, I respect. I respect that he lied and tried to save himself from the media. But we know. We know. You know. Yeah, well, but, you uh, and I know what's going on. Right. Yeah. Right. So, just to watch this team change over these three titles, it's like it goes from the greatest show on, on grass, basically, to the Laser Light Show, to. Last year, this team, the defense is coming around. They have they're they're pretty good, but it's like Kelsey's on another level. His health is better than it was most of this year. Um, and they had a big body receiver they could still go to, and like that someone like Valdez Scantling can still take the top of the defense. He scored a touchdown in the game uh, last year, and then this year is like, nah, man, you got if you want to win the Super Bowl, you got to treat this like one of those like first three rings, Tom Brady type of situation where it's like you got a great defense this game's gonna be close it's on you to have it in a one game situation in a one score situation to 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 get us out of here and he did it like he's had three different types of teams and he's won it and we've seen all-time race like brady with new teams and he had struggles he one of one of them eventually but like it had to come around their back end like that old seven through 09 Randy Moss era uh, situation, obviously 08 towards me, but it's like, he didn't win with those teams with the greatest shows on turf. He had to adjust and all that kind of stuff. He's, Mahomes had to adjust already three times with three different teams and already won them. It's, it's, it's remarkable. And I'm like, I don't know where he's taking us, but like, I can't wait to see what's the rest of this ride. Cause unless there's going to be some type of injuries, some type of sickness. That Rick and kill type, you know, thing like, nah, Kelsey, Kelsey's health, he's older. Like, that's that's the only thing that I can think is going to make this, like, harder to do. Maybe, you know, maybe Josh Allen decides, like, hey, because I think he's Barkley in this situation. Like, we're calling Mahomes, we're calling Mahomes Jordan. He's Barkley. Like, he's the best guy that when he's ever played him. 
like unless he basically Gerald Supporter is like, hey man, I'm going all year and I'm not going to throw more. I'm not throwing ten picks all year, right? Like I'm not saying this is a choice he's doing, but like unless he like catches that kind of fire for a year or whatever else, I don't think this is ever. I don't think it's ever going to be a real rival to him in that situation. Like, like, cause honestly, I saw like a month of football in like a second half against the bill against the Bengals in a playoff series. He's been a perfect quarterback. He just has. So I'm, I'm yeah, man, like it's amazing. It's amazing. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Congratulations to Floyd. Congratulations to uh, Nick Wright. <laughs> yeah. A fool. Did you see some uh, of that stuff? Yeah. I watched, I watched the segment. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, he was dropping banners and shit. I saw that. He dropped balloons on him. Out. He dropped balloons yeah. on Broussard. I was wondering Broussard was gonna, you know, ask him a question, but <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, man, uh, Caleb Baldwin, come get this L. You know, uh, the 49ers nation as a staff, record label, and crew. Y'all will never prosper until y'all do right by Colin Kaepernick. Y'all niggas is cursed. The cap curse in full effect, still continuing. You know. Um, so I, I ain't never room for the I, Niners I, in one of these I, situations. I gotta say, like they screwing up protections. Like I gotta say, like if if you screw up protection and the screw up protection is like the the right guard and the right tackle, neither one blocks Chris Jones, and it blows up the game. What would have been like the game winning touchdown? Gotta say, it seems like kind of curse because you kind of want to block the fucking Chris Jones. He's <laughs> fucking good. <laughs> But yeah, man. Um, let's let's switch gears, man. Um, the WrestleMania press conference. Um, it's a, a thing of its kind that they haven't done. Uh, it seems like you know something new they tried this year, and it was, to be fair, it was kind of a mess. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, there there was uh, kind of a. Uh, unscripted kind of charm to it, I think. Um, it was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach Maki in the comments, it was straight out the Endeavor UFC playbook. Yeah, this was totally not like uh, something in wrestling. It's like you just brought a crowd out, and I think it was about 3,000 people there, and then you put up a big video board, and you had all these guys come out on the stage, but they weren't in the ring, so it was mm-hmm. like, they were all kind of standing and positioning themselves like kind of funny. Um, and the the entire event was like, all right, here's Bianca Belair. She comes out there and talks for a little bit. Here's Rhea Ripley. Oh, here's Becky Lynch facing off with her. They're kind of shooting angles or whatever in this thing. Um, but we eventually get to Seth Rollins uh, getting his country ass called out here. And he, he gets on the mic. He's wearing foolishness. He looks ridiculous, um, you know, par for the course. He's talking, and then I think Roman Reigns is out next, if I'm not. Uh, yeah, he uh, was – Roman was calling – sorry, Seth was calling out Cody, and then Roman interrupts with his music dropping, and he comes out, yeah. Yeah, uh, and as each successive person comes out, Seth Rollins gets further to the right on the stage, and then to the point where he's, like, completely non-visible, um, just – looked like he paid admission to be there like just he had phenomenal seats uh I mean, for, for what was going on there near, near. he was closer to the action than mills lane essentially but we couldn't see him 
I mean, to be fair, we do not necessarily know if, if whether or not Seth did or did not pay to be close to the action. True, true. Um, this whole thing ends up with uh, Roman out, The Rock coming out, Cody coming out, and Cody essentially... Uh, Cody coming out as if he's like, at the last second coming out to stop it, like like he's rushing to stop the wedding. Like Comes out without his music. Yes, yes, yes. And it's like, hold on, bro. And like, you know, they're setting uh, Roman Reigns saying, I want you to fight me. I make the decisions and all this stuff. And I'm just, my head is hurting at this point. Like, when I tell you this thing is like, it's kind of unorganized and like, it seems kind like of. no one's, no one really knows like what, what, what the fuck is going on. And then like Cody comes out, crowd like is happy to see him. But then he's like, this is bullshit. This ain't going down like that. And I'm like, What's bullshit? You you get you let it happen, right. nigga. Like, not only did you let it happen, not only did you let it happen on your watch, you agreed to it on screen. What? So, so like, un- unless I'm stupid or something, like, it's like okay. How does this make sense at all? So, right. like, essentially, he's like, yeah, man. Actually, I'm fighting Roman Reigns, and then it's like. The the pop is like you know they're they're like I feel like the crowd was confused they're like hold on I thought it was Reigns and the Rock well why here. why like, why would you can be why why can you be or why would you be confused the Royal Rumble winner decided to get out the fucking ring when he was face to face with the person he chose and then said that his cousin was going to wrestle the champion and then the champion comes out on the stage minutes before and says that he wants to fight his cousin what's confusing about this everything oh, it's dumb it makes no sense oh yes. Everything's uh, Seth Rollins. Nobody's paying attention to this guy, as I mentioned. Uh, he looks like a cold. Um, you know, he's he's just watching the action. You know, nobody's saying I want oh, that guy oh, over no. there. That's a good line. He's a cuck, he's a cuckold. He's watching the action. <laughs> that guy, that be like, yeah, I want that guy that's fifteen feet away. I want that belt that's all the way over there. Nobody said that that they wanted that Roman Reigns didn't want it. Cody completely ignores the guy, the rock. Obviously I'm shocked. The rock even knows who this is like, 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 Oh, I think I worked with, with, with you once, you know, uh, a long time ago. Right. Didn't the shield lay him out with a triple power bomb? Like in yes. like a decade ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or more than a decade ago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so man. like oh yeah he he's out here is 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 he wanted to break up guys like is, yeah is, is he one, is he the first geek that assembles to break it up yeah correct like Seth Rollins has never looked weaker and it validated every thought I've ever had on on him not being a a world champion a top star swaggerless all in one like he looked just it was it was comical like. The way he 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 came off out there, he did all his talking in the beginning before the real stars came out. He was on a word limit, <laughs> and he exceeded that word limit because we never heard from him again on the microphone. Anything that he said had to be captured secondhand. Like, oh, that the, the mic was still a little bit away from him, like this. You know, like you got to hear Rollins like this off the mic and shit. Right. <laughs> and and when they oh, uh, okay, <laughs> I want to go through the breakdown of what happened. Or actually, no. Yeah. Let's, let's, okay, so sure. Yeah, go ahead. <sighs> Cody and CM out. Punk's out there too. I forgot. The, 
Yeah, Punk and Big E are basically like doing commentary work as far, or they're doing reaction for like analysis work, right? Like they're like the guys on Get Up or uh, at the desk on ESPN in the morning, right? They're basically like, We're, we want you to come in here and talk, you and Big E. And I thought that like, all right, I did not watch the entire press conference because why would I? I only got brought here because there were so many people talking about this clusterfuck that they've gotten themselves into and how it organized it all looked. I was like, and I heard Cody, I heard Cody got slapped. I was like, I got to watch this. <laughs> I got to watch this. So I watch it. And as I'm watching, I'm, I'm ultimately like, I see all the motivation and I see where they're going with this and what they're doing. The problem is I saw what they did on TV in like, if you took out two things or you changed two things, it works and it's actually really well done. Like, regardless of how like or- organized it is, whatever else, ultimately compelling once Cody comes out or Rock comes out, the crowd is 50-50 on him, a booing him and cheering him based off whether they want Cody they to want or his not. Ass. Rock is Rock is playing is playing the I'm playing heel in this because I know you're gonna boo me and I'm winking at you as I'm calling him Cody Crybaby. Like I'm I'm a heel that doesn't want to be a good guy. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a heel that doesn't really want to be a bad guy, but I ha- know I have to do this to make this work. So, he does that, shows the family tree, the, the family tree which I always thought was two families based off of two, and they come together and they say, these are blood brothers and they're all family, they're all a family and that's fine, that works for me. As Bro, they lay I, out the I, family I, tree, Bro, I realize how much I don't give a fuck about the the, the family tree of the of the Samoan legacy. Bro, I was like, who could possibly care? Well, one because it's not actually a a, a Samoan legacy. It's 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 Roman Reigns. It's the Rock that we know in our lifetimes, and then a bunch of other people like a great all time great tag team in, in that, and then the rest of it is like. Yokozuna, Umaga. Y'all niggas had jobs. You Y'all know, niggas working in the business. Right. And and all of them, and don't be wrong, most the majority of them were actually good workers for their size and, and, and mobility, but like they were guys that were they were just guys on the roster that were quality guys to have or whatever else, and that was their runs. So it ain't exactly like, you know, just a slew a slew of main eventers and 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 you know, IC champions abound, right? That's not the case, and that's perfectly fine. So, but the thing that was funny to me is like, I always thought this was two families and they basically, for wrestling, combined family trees or whatever else, and you see it spread out. I'm looking closer, I'm like, I always wonder how how Tamina was in it and how Snooker was in it. But then I look on it and it says, oh, Snooker's, I think Snooker's daddy was was the great Western uh, Samoan chief. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Making shit up, like maybe he was. What does it have to do? What does it have to do with with the Anawai and Maya Vias? Explain that to me. So then yeah, I look bro. up higher on the list and I see another discon- another disconnected. Uh, line bro, the higher it the- gets, the more ridiculous it gets. Right, and then I see like I see Naya there, and I see Naya's parent or whatever else. I, I don't know which one. I'm like, and then there's. And like the same way that there's like the Great Western Samoan thing for for uh for the Snooker line being put in this just cause there's there is uh what do you call it uh there's exposition in the thing but I can, I have looked 
and like five different pictures. The fine print is so small that I cannot see what's it what's in this claim for why it's up there just fives. And I was like, oh, so this is some fraudulent shit too. This is this is your friend. This is you know this is like this is like if we do forty years from now, right? We do the the uh, we do the keeping it strong style dynasty like the 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 central the west central florida japanese pro wrestling dynasty of podcasting <laughs> i know i know i know i know i know that's a really long that's a really long title but just stick with me right just stick with me we got blood brothers jeremy donovan and joshua smith right yeah and then all of a sudden off the branches you see Rich Lotta, oh no, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't even gonna count. I ain't gonna do that one. We're gonna do Zachary Porter, a random line out of nowhere, and he's gonna, he's gonna say in the disclaimer, meme guy, meme, meme creator, listen to the show, friend. And then on the other end, we're gonna have, we're gonna have Dan Coffin and, and, and Angie there, and he's gonna say, friend, friend, and that's gonna be the, the big, the one that we can't see all of the ex- exposition. Co-worker of of Zachary Porter and, and Rich Water from One Nation Radio on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. And you're like, how the wait, how the fuck is Angie? And you're gonna look for you. Like, how the fuck is Danny Angie on this thing? What, what, how does this make sense? What's going on? What's happening? This was oh, this was incredible looking at it. It's all like, bro. I always thought it was bro, it was always funny every to call play cousins. But it was so fraudulent. It was like this is this, this, that's not even. I don't even know. That's barely a family friend. You put them on the on the damn on the family uh, tree. That makes no sense for them to be there. As the old saying goes, the only Samoan up there that that wasn't up there was Joe. Like that's the, that's the only one that wasn't up there. I mean, Look. bro, they had Jacob two up there. Now I remember. Uh, back in the day, Triple H was on a podcast with, with uh, Steve Austin. He talked about uh, the WWE Hall of Fame and certain people being on there or not. And then the reason why they can't be on there is because kids might, you know, Google a name and then you see something that pulls them on the search results. I don't know what pulls up on Jacob for two uh, search results, but it ain't good. I don't I don't know if it's on the second page or if it's, it's in the middle of the first page, but eventually it'll pull up. So... I don't know, man. Yeah, there was a lot. Um, you know, maybe with, he's with off. Maybe tree. he's off. Maybe he's on the radar again. They'd be like, "We can go with this now. We can go with this. It's fine." And he'll be in. And and maybe look, maybe that's who screws uh, Cody uh, this year at WrestleMania. Who knows? Right. Um, CM Punk's out there doing all these um, kind of insidery shoot comments, uh, saying he would punch his boss in the face and just just running the joke into the ground. Did you hear it, guys? Did you hear it? I said it again. I said it again. I'll say it again. Like I, I thought the joke that he was saying wasn't even necessarily about uh, the Tony Khan thing. It and Wembley was more of the poking fun at the Buck singers. Like, look, man. Oh yeah, we so, fight. Sometimes you got to fight to solve situation, solve uh, solve issues. This is, and I was like, I, bro, we know what you're doing, and, and I think it's funny and hilarious because it's like it's also it's two things. It's playing, it's playing into that, and it's also playing into like it's it's Vegas, it's Super Bowl weekend, it's it's also Vegas in that like the Super Bowl's not just there. It is this is where the fights happen. It's the fight capital. And the fans are there because for Super Bowl, but they also are here for the fake fighting. And like you see someone get slapped, 
and like there's there's the you know the the face to face conversation the press conference where someone fights you want or someone throws a punch or whatever so they go fit toe to toe or whatever else and they get broken up you want to see the it makes you want to see the fight more and he's he's praying into him being like get hyped for what's happened at WrestleMania while he has the fucking arm uh yeah. brace on and this I was man like, looks like Jax from Mortal Kombat like <laughs> and Biggie is looking at him he's like I'm actually like. He's actually, I don't say in awe, but he was like, this is really good work from CM Punk that he's out here doing. He's do, he's he's cutting two promos in one like he did before he left AEW. Except this time he ain't got no dumbass belt with a, with a spray painted X on it. So, yeah, man, it was, uh, it was, I thought that like. But I'll say this, though, like they, um, the success of WWE last two years has not been this stuff. Um, this this meta like this like work the dirt sheets this we're just doing swerves for the sake of swerves we're doing all these like triple h in the back after this i want people going into business for themselves Mm -hmm. uh they had to rock which was clearly a setup so they can do the walk by of him and rock saying set it up do the thing be like and he's playing into the i'm i am like it, they, I am the board member. Yeah, I am the evil. Like I am, I am the evil force that's in the, that has power now. Like I am. Yeah, it's like we're we're right back to Vince, you know, Mister McMahon again. We're right back to yep. Mister McMahon. And like, um, you know, all that work shoot stuff. You know, I've. You know, there's a there's a there's a line to walk with it. Um, as you mentioned, uh, Cody had mentioned something about. You know, basically got Rock and Roman on the same page, and also can yeah, we yeah. talk about how, how the Rock made like he he made Roman Reigns look like Roman Reigns was his employee, like he yeah. was his security or something like yeah. that. Can I can, can I go line by line through all that, please? Sure. All right. So Cody comes out without he's like you know oh, stop 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 don't get married don't get married don't get married don't don't do that. All right, all right, all right. I want I like he's like hey like I want to rumble is my right to choose. It's gonna be me, and then the rock and the rock and, and Roman are like, bro, you ruined it. Get the fuck out of here. No one wants you here. Leave, white boy. So, so then Roman Roman says, you're irrelevant. Your story was last year. Been there, done that. You lost. Move on. I'm on to I'm on to bigger things. I'm I'm now chasing you know I'm now chasing Mount Olympus or whatever stadium status. What you want to call it, and. Then, obviously, because Roman's a heel, he says, "Look, man, you're relevant. Like you're you're relevant, and so is your family's relevant, and your dad's irrelevant." And then Cody responds, he says, "Look, if your dad was here, if he actually says, what about Jay? What about Jay? You know, you talk about this whole family thing, right? And this family tree. Where's Jay?" And then the crowd oohs. He goes, and then Cody goes, "You want to talk about families? Okay, if your father was here." If his father, the Grand Chief, was here, they will be ashamed of you. And yeah, then, he and did then a Rock, big dramatic then, voice. And then Rock, and then the crowd, ooh, right? And then Rock made the face. And then Rock put, walked up and said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Something that you might understand is that his family is my family. His descendants are my descendants. His blood is my blood. 
Not really. <laughs> Cap. <laughs> so, so you, so you, so one problem you have with him, you have with me. And then he slapped the piss out of Cody, and then Cody fucking, he fucking stepped off this off the mark and stepped back, and I was like, you know the slap is coming. You already made yourself look bad. Do not leave your. Do not leave. Do not. Do not stay, get robbed. Stand in the paint and eat it. Stand in the paint and eat it. He he staggered. He, t- he, st- he took a staggered step back, and then they, you know Triple H and everyone else broke it up. Thought and he tri- was a Noki. And, and then from twenty feet away, Seth Rollins runs in, and you don't. You never. You never. He never gets the mic to say anything, but. As everyone's breaking up and walking away and getting taken off, Cody's taking off, and Triple H is making faces Seth, and everything. Hold on. You, you can hear you can hear yourself, Seth, off mic. This is bull crap. Literally bull crap. I was like, you ain't got no edge. You ain't got none to you. Seth running in from 40 yards away, doing the 40-yard dash. You meanwhile, know. meanwhile, I believe Triple H, but I know for a fact Rock was cussing up a storm, and he was muting the hell out of him because he was cussing. Yeah. But Seth... This is bull crap with that voice. Oh no, nah, man! Look, no, awful, no, bro. No, awful. No, 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 um, yeah, like The Rock really made everybody look like, like obviously Seth Rollins like looked awful, but by nobody caring he was there. Him basically being a complete non-factor. Cody just looks dumb, and he gets slapped yeah. like a bitch, yeah. and then shuffled away. Roman, he's standing there with the with the uh. With the suit on or the track suit on, yeah. looking like a, a member of Team Bring It, you know. Team Bring It, <laughs> and and like you know, hey man, you know you you too close to the movie star, you know. And then I was like, hold on, I thought y'all had smoke over who's the head of the table, but y'all ain't got no smoke no more. Y'all y'all flipped on a dime like this, huh? On a, y'all flipped on a dime off of some perceived disrespect right. after two, three years of this shit, uh, of you finally getting face-to-face face with this man. This is awful. Awful. Dumb. Rich. Now, it's dumb because of what we saw on TV this past week and then what we got here. Because it doesn't... Because nothing. Because the motivations have flipped. And the ways you can have flipped is two things, right? So I, I was getting back to it. The... That you clearly know that they have not actually planned this all through. They just know that like they have to have a rock match and they have to have a Cody match. And they don't. They haven't thought about all this. And then they changed course when they got to the press conference. And now they're going in a direction and they're moved on from where they were when he handed it off to Rock. Right when Cody handed it off to Rock. All for, in order, if we had gone back in time and said, and they had figured this out, that this is the route we're going with, we could have made this all work storyline wise, not make Cody look like a dumbass, and we could have made this all be interesting, and they could get on and do in a reasonable way that that this tag match that they seem to be setting up. Which now I have to say, in best respect, they were setting that tag that tag team match all week, and then they fucked it up, and then and this is how they got to it, which like they've been retconning this all the way along, but they knew, but they knew that they were going to try to do this tag match, but they didn't know how to get to it. They'd, figured out until this press conference so all they had to do was when they brought out cody or they, when cody brought out rock all he had to say was i and he said i you know i you know i taken counsel all that kind of stuff all he had to say was i'm coming after or you know all he say take away is the i'm coming after you but not a wrestlemania all he has to say is you know i'm still waiting my decision but i have taken counsel rock comes out it's co- and then cody and then cody doesn't leave the fucking ring all Cody has to do is do the high five at Rock, and then all three of them are staying in the ring, and they go to black. That's all they have to do. And then 
everyone is like, well, what does that mean necessarily? That's kind of, is, are we getting both matches? Are we getting one match? All the same stuff, but Cody does not make it seem like we're sure getting Rock in Roman. And then you do the same thing in the press conference. So then all of a sudden, Rock is under the impression, Cody has given me the okay because I showed up, I'm the Rock, I am who I am, and it seemed to be okay, but no one is not de- definitive. Cody comes out and then says, look, man, I didn't, just to, clar- just, to clar- just to give you clarification, I brought you out just to show that, like, I, you know, me, n- neither neither one of us agree of how Roman Reigns handled this thing, but, and I've talked to you, that's why you came here, but I am still going to have the match. And then that's when they do the same thing. Rock blows up because his match is taking any insulting Roman. Roman clearly wants to rap, know that he's skated Look, by and, and some barely survived. Go ahead. I was like, and the people are lighting him up. Like, I think we've undersold that. Like, he yeah. had this look on his face. Like, it was like, so, like, there's, this couldn't have been the original plan. This yeah. couldn't have been. Yeah. So, but all they had to do is keep that stuff out. Cody comes out, same promo. Hey, man. Or not the same promo, but like, hey, you know, just for clarification, me and Rock both disapprove of how you've handled this or whatever else. But, like, I'm still keeping my match because I won the Rumble. Cody. Roman says, hey, man, I want Roman, or I want Rock because, one, I haven't, I barely survived you last year. I really don't want to fight you. I'm a heel, right? You had your story. I want to fight. I want a chance to something greater. I want to fight somebody that had the biggest match ever or whatever else. Rock just picks that match is blown. And also, he is, at the end of it, Cody insults his granddad and his, and his blood brother granddad, whatever the fuck. And then he slaps them, and then we're off to the races because you had the thing with Seth talking about the workhorses versus the part-timers. And you could have just went in with that, right? Seth is burying himself every time he says this, too. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Because, like, no one, this company has not given a fuck about that for over a decade now since, since Brock, right? So, yes, yes, I get it. But it's like, all the character, the three men, the three characters you care about for the main event or main events of WrestleMania all would have had proper motivation for all this stuff, to do all this stuff to get down this windy road. They fucked it when they had Cody go out there and leave the fucking ring. Where is he going? <laughs> There's a dog in the back. Like, did, did he take a shit or something? Do you have to clean clean the crap? <sighs> Jesus. And apparently, I guess he had on to get Monday Night Raw, Raw was there, right? Look, on Monday Night Raw, there was no acknowledgement of this whole SmackDown segment, like that he left the ring, that he gave his shit away. All of this been KGB'd, Men in Black flashy thing. It right. never happened. Right. So if they are retconning all this shit, what's that mean, James? That means they fucked, fucked something up. up. They fucked <laughs> it up. <laughs> and, I, and people, if I hear people coming in these comments like this is whatever because oh yeah this is going for the clip explain why they've changed it explain why they are no no, no, longer acknowledging no 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 forget that part i know you're right like i'm gonna add to your part they're not acknowledging it they're not acknowledging that and also like in a part of them not acknowledging is like cody not explaining why he gave it to rock to begin with Exactly. That's what he didn't explain. Right. So not so only like, are, so so now so this goes in part of what you're saying, right? They're it's like he didn't explain part, why. Right? He didn't explain why he gave it away, and he just took it back on a whim. So like, 
from a couple areas I'm confused. I'm right. like, all right, do I believe what happened on SmackDown? Do I believe what happened at the press conference? Like, all these graphics are getting made. I'm like, just announce the fucking match. Right. Like, whatever it is, just announce it. Right. And on SmackDown, Heyman uh, uh, went went out with their, or the next day on SmackDown, because I watched SmackDown, because I was like, this is, this is a, a wreck and it's actually entertaining. So let me watch SmackDown. And SmackDown's actually a good show uh, on Friday. So, you get the rundown. Triple H comes out and says, the match is officially Cody because I am the person, I'm the only one person chooses this shit and it's me. And I was like, that, Man, that's, this, that's funny for multiple this, reasons. I forgot about this, James. A lot of this shit while it was happening, the thing it seems like that was being set up in the background was like, hold on. A power are struggle. We just, are we about to see Rock versus Triple H? Like, what the fuck is going it's, on? It's here? a power struggle, and it's and it's turning. It's a power struggle. That's yeah. the match. Yeah, it's turned into a power struggle. Like that's gonna be the real. That's gonna be another like subplot of all of this. Is like the history of Triple H versus The Rock. Now that they're both executives in WWE, they're now you know fighting for power. And like, obviously, you shouldn't. You 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 can't possibly care about like the wrestlers wrestling for the top prize in the industry. You have to care about the guys that did, did that all 25 fucking years ago. Now fighting for the company. It's like, and we, when we can like look at, at the, at the fucking website and we can see who's on the board and who's not, we know who won. Like, exactly. <laughs> this is dumb. So it says Dwayne Johnson on this fucking board. It does not say Paul Levesque on this fucking board. Yep. And and that's the and that's the thing for is like that for me is frustrating is like if you want to do that, that's fine. But you don't need to do that in regards to Cody and Roman in it being one of the WrestleMania main events. It hurts the WrestleMania main event or one of yep. them by doing that. Like if you want to get right. into they that. They already did everything last year to build it up. They got a match story. Right. They've got just a general investment of the fans. Right. They got a Royal Rumble win. Right. Oh, we got to throw this fucking, this work shoot Vince Russo WCW 2000 shit in there too. We got to just add that in. Yeah. And, and, it's, wow. and it's for me, it's like. If you want to, if you want to go in at, that, be like the major storyline leaving out of WrestleMania to set up the rest of the year. I'm fine with that. That's 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 people will be into that. But you already have the matches. You already have the matches. This don't need that right now. Save that because you're gonna need it later. I don't. I don't. Whatever. I don't know. Whatever. So yeah, man. That's where I'm. On, that's where I am on it. It was like. It was compelling. It was a mess. It don't make no damn sense. And um, now they just gonna move on as if like Cody didn't do this shit, and like that really hurt him. As that really hurt him. That really hurt him to people. It's like I don't think if I don't, like if even Rocket came back, or whatever else. I don't think like there would have been this division of like a non a non insignificant amount of the crowd. Like when Cody came out, said that, like, "Yeah, man, I want the match." a good chunk of most of the crowd cheered because they really want Cody. Uh, but there was a part that was like, no, nigga, I want to see the rock. It's the rock. This wasn't needed. It just wasn't. 
So like the sooner they get to announce like they made one, everybody less Roman over. wrestling two nights in a row, the better. And like, Rich, are you ready for like when people talk about Roman's legacy uh after this that he's gonna go out there and wrestle two nights in two or two matches in two nights as if that's some fucking accomplishment? As if we yeah. as if we don't see motherfuckers wrestle multiple times on the same it show and have better yeah, matches well, and both matches be better bro. Well, we don't see niggas go Grand Prix, and they go, they, they go, they gonna talk about this Roman shit. It's like, bro, okay, so like it's a four star match, ever a four star match, and a three star match. Meanwhile, Shuri went out there and went four and th- four and a half, four and three quarters. Look, those back to back days, then back to back days of G one finals for Kenny Omega in 2017, Kota Ibushi in 2018 on hours of rest, Rich. going like breaking the scale. Rich. Rich, last year, I'm sorry, two years ago, Will Osprey beat Tatsuya Naito in and in one of the like five or four matches I gave five stars, and then uh, and then the next night went out there and had the best match of the year uh, two years ago. Yeah. No. 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 The, the cinema of bad storytelling and bad character and bad plot and bad motivations. That's that's what that's that's gonna that's gonna be what people remember. Oh man, it's an unfair game, man. Cody better win. <laughs> Cody better win. If he don't that's win, this, Cody better win. If he don't win, we might have shut the show down. Like just be like, all right, all right man. Like like we may have to shut the show down and completely dedicate. A week to just Cody just week lighting Cody on fire. Like, hey, there is no one nation radio. All we're doing is is whooping Cody Rose ass for three hours, like, <laughs> and laughing. We 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 will record a laugh track and put that out. Now, Rich, you clipped up like basically the last year or so of Cody of our of us covering Cody on his exit out of AEW. Yeah. I feel like since the rumble has started, like we are we are built up a, a, a thing of like his exit out of WWE on the top. We just don't know that he's leaving yet. Cause this is like what the fuck is going on around this dude? Like I I regardless of what you may think by listening to hours of the show, I do not dislike Cody Rose. I just think he does dumb shit from time to time or is any funny situation or these bad situations in like while I don't dislike him, it's I absolutely think he's hilarious to laugh at. It's it's a blast to laugh at him. There's nobody is there anybody better in wrestling to laugh at than Cody Rose in the last two years, three years? Seth Rollins. But you know I think this is I think it's more eventful. Cody be setting himself on fire. Yeah. For the love. Yeah. And we'd be like, yeah. bro, you ain't have to do that. What are you doing, Goofy? He'd be he'd be thinking working at house show schedule like it counts for something like he he brought in like little Brody and thinking he was gonna win and, and they pulled the chair on him at the last minute like yo uh, that man got his ass whooped by Brock and then that man walked walked off with a with an ass whooping and then he collapsed and then they went to black on him up yes. at, up at the ramp he's fucking hilarious that man yeah, wore an all white suit. That man wore an all-white suit to get misted out of nowhere by Malachi Black two years ago. This nigga's hilarious. Three years ago. This nigga's hilarious. It's funny. He just is. The chicken. The rubber chicken after he lost. Things just happened to this guy. Things just happened to this nigga. It's hilarious. 
It's always funny. It's I never feel bad when I laugh at that dude. I don't know why. Maybe I'm a bad person, but this shit funny. You must admit. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it, it's amazing. Some of some of the passion that was ignited for him um in this. He's you know stepping back from this, and then he's coming back out, and it's like. How did how did he become someone like that people are this passionate over? It all kind of just, you know, developed over the years. He's a he's a great baby face that dresses that dresses like he wants the job. They were starved for one. They didn't see the stuff that he was doing in in AEW because they don't watch AEW. He's a great orator. He's you know, and like they didn't let him, you know. They kept him in, you know, in the lane without crashing because he didn't go out there and cut, you know, promos about his biracial daughter that that, that shall have both dual identities, spare spare neither, and all that other nonsense. They right? they have like, never let Brandy Rose. They barely let her ever appear with him. Right. He, they didn't let him hot shot through like a year's worth of storyline in, in three months. You know, like they did. They did a lot. Him in. Triple H and Vince and whoever else did a really good job of like, this is the dude, this is the Chase's story. And like the, the whole finish the story thing about like the unfinished business of my family, like that goes back to, I mean, that goes back to the NWA title with, with, with the, with the Von Erics, right? Like that works. It works. Like it's well done and they're fucking it up while it's being well, while it, he presented they presented this. He he came up to them with this is what I got. Oh, and they're like, oh my God, it's perfect. How can we Man. how can we improve it? Now they've made these improvements, they fucked it up. The nepotism is nepping in this program. Jesus yes, Christ. That, whole, that was that was the best part. Like at the end of it, after the the, the uh the family tree, the, the fraudulent family tree gets shown for the rock, he's like, This is a show that we are the one true royal fan of professional wrestling. And I was like, that's hilarious for two reasons. It's one, he about to face a dude that his drop for his music is more than one role, uh, more than one family in professional wrestling. And two, this man is taking over Vincent Ma- for the McMahons after the, after the sex pest stuff has to go. So now there is no royal family in professional wrestling. The, 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 the Blood Brother pack from 40 years or 60 years ago kind of is, is, is it. <laughs> it. I thought it was great. So, so yeah, man, this is just The Rock. Cody, Roman, Seth, just just t- there to tag along. Oh, also, literally, this sh- feed away. Know, like the, you know, we you talked about it when they first did the Seth and uh, Cody thing with, uh, two years ago when he came into WrestleMania. It's like, all right, one guy has good suits, the other one has bad suits. I'll let you decide which is which. Now mm-hmm. the suits is on one side, and they the, and they the everyday worker guys, and the dudes is out here in the tanks in the in the in the in the, in the sweats or whatever else. Those are the, the part timers. Visually, that's kind of that's it's kind of funny, um, yeah. But then I looked at Cody and Seth's yeah, shoes. I, I've and always got, said Cody wearing a suit as a babyface is fucking weird. Like I've always, there's never been anyone that's done this. Even I mean Ric Flair, but Ric Flair's a career heel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm okay with it. I'm just saying, like the idea that you have at, on that stage, you got Seth and Cody, and they're all, both on one side, and like I look at their shoes, and they both got terrible looking fucking shoes on. They look goofy. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever, but like 
neither here nor there. Like Cody, Cody wearing these suits, it look weird sometimes. But yeah, man, um, just uh, just really a lot of a lot of stuff going on, man. A lot of stuff going on with that, and like we'll see. And we'll a, see next week a, where, where it lands up. Where it ends up. There's a we'll big see. element of this of all these guys like doing sneaky shit in there to to bury each other. Well, like on the low, like that's I think, like. I think it's actually. I think it's actually more. In, I think they're being insider on purpose, though. I don't think they're like so. Like Triple H, right? After they did, they did that that fake backstage, you know, peek at backstage shit, where like The Rock and Triple H, you know, fix it, whatever else, and then Rock comes out, and he starts cutting the promo, saying like, you know, I'm the final say. Now I don't know people will be upset when I when I announce that it's Cody versus, um, versus Roman, but like. It doesn't matter. But he goes like, it doesn't matter what you think. And I was like, uh, like, and he was cutting like, he also did punchlines from from Rock earlier. Besides that, also Roman as well. Like, they're all doing insidery shit. And I'm just like, the the people that were like this left the left watching the promotion. And I don't know how much, you know, I don't know how much the people that are still here care about this stuff in fact a lot of them that i've heard from you say that they hate that insider shit so why are you doing it is this to try to like get people back because the rocks back from AEW to watch but motherfuckers that watch AEW gonna no, watch I, anyway. I think it's just a dated philosophy like that probably comes from like brian gewertz and you know people that he's installed and then you know they don't have to worry about I'll say this lightly because maybe he is still involved somehow. They don't have to clear this stuff through Vince anymore. Like, so maybe they're reverting to their natural instincts. Like, why would The Rock do like a new type of like kayfabe storyline? Like, nah, man, like, let's just let's ham it up. Let's 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 use the, the dirt sheets. How we'll use them. We'll put some misinformation somewhere. Um, like, there's a lot. I think going on with this. All right. Yeah, I think I'm out on this one, but uh, as far as stuff to talk about, but like, yeah, man, we got a good hour off of just the Super Bowl in this whole press conference situation that they got themselves into. It's, um, well, Bring done back by Vince Russo. we rarely talk about them on a week to week basis like this. And they got us talking about this shit. Um, AEW big business was announced was a special announcement from, um, Tony Khan this week. March thirteenth, Boston, Massachusetts. That's not, that's not how that's not how Tony Khan says. He says Boston. Yeah, 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 Boston. Um, and um, you know, I think everybody kind of knows what this means. Um, but maybe it means more than we think, James. Uh, because in conjunction, you know. It looks like Mercedes Monet is on the way because if you look at the the graphic, the flyer, B O S S um, on there, and we know who the boss um, was at one point. Um, Kazushi Okada it was reported that he's going to be signing with AEW. Yeah, man, um, seems like it's going to be some type of double debut. Um, they're doing the, you know, we ain't going to tell y'all, but y'all know what it is. Um, and Boston's been a pretty good city for AEW every time they've gone there. That was like yeah. the home of that uh, Moxley Wheeler Utah match. Um, but yeah, um, it looks like Mercedes is, is on the way in. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about all this? Uh, I mean, you know, pretty much after the Rumble pa- go, 
went and passed without Mercedes there. Shout out um, to Dream Sooner. And, uh, you know, a few, you know, people saying that reporting said that, like, people basically, like, they think, believe that WWE side believes that she's already signed to AEW. It's like, okay, so it's just a matter of time. Um, obviously, she had the injury from the summer or the spring, late spring, which can't remember which one, but, like, she had to recover from that. And, um, yeah, like, you know, I, as I mentioned before, when we brought up uh, Mercedes of late in the last couple months or so in regards to AEW is, like, I, I hope for Tony Khan's sake that uh, he he will secure her eventually because he had her all over the you know much like in the Taylor Swift position at Super at Super Bowl she was much she was very much like being shown from time to time partaking in watching the festivities and goings ons of All In and Wembley so it's like I will hope that like she don't show up at the Rumble and be like you put you was out here use being used for promo you sucker. So, so yeah, man, um, seeing how this division has, uh, added, made additions and, uh, some additions via subtraction, um, or being, uh, being, uh, changing some of the rotation minutes, if you will, I, I feel like this year has been like one of the most consistent year AEW women's division has been so far. Obviously we're only, uh, you know, um, six weeks in, but like the quality has stepped up. Um, we have storylines, we have directions, uh, we have, uh, matches that don't just flat out just lack in quality. Um, we have matches that actually pop sometimes, and I um with or more regularity actually. And um yeah man like between that goes from even all of Con Pro Wrestling TV like that includes ROH. ROH been on point because Athena's held it down, but like you see what Athena and um Billy Starks and not Nyla are doing that's fun. You see what um with the with the bring with the, the you know the showcasing of. Queen Amanada on television in matches where she's losing right now, but like she is getting people's attention by showing her her skill. Uh, seeing Serena Deeb come back, uh, seeing um, Statlander and Willow as a tag team with uh, Stokely, like the 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 love triangle thing between Ruby and Soraya and uh, and Angela Parker, like Diana. And Deanna her, her coming been in, awesome. Deanna and, and Tony Storm, and then building up towards the title match. This is this has been a well ran women's division this year. I got I gotta say, man. So I think people gotta update their uh, their software like on their default AW complaints, like especially when it comes to to the women's division. Yeah, like this is the most focused it's been. Like there's been other times where they've had runs where it's like, all right, they've had a good month, they've had a good you know. Or whatever else, or someone came back and is their run, and they're killing in their run. You know, she does the rehose, uh, uh, the, the Serena Deeves, if you will, but Thunder Rosa. But like, this is the first time where it's like, okay, they got directions, they got directions for multiple things. Um, and I'm interested to see, I'm interested in all of them actually. So, like, yeah, uh, I, I think that like they have gotten their, they're getting their house in order for the, the acquisition. Or the, whatever the money it costs for them to bring in Mercedes, and like, thank you, Mercedes, thank you. I think we should. I think everybody that has talked bad about the AEW Women's Division, um, and that includes us. I think we all need to be like, hey, you know, you see, it's one thing to hear words. We heard words for a, for a number of years. Nothing to see action, and this shit has the wagon. The wagons have circled around this, and the only thing I can point to for the definitive change in all of this has been. We just 
we just dumped a boatload of money into Mercedes Monet's lap, and we gotta we gotta make sure we get a return on this investment. And if this is what it took, because they finally got a horsewoman, secured a horsewoman. Thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, Charlotte Flair. Thank you, Bailey. Thank you, Becky Lynch. Thank you, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, because this this is the shit that I wanted from night from uh you know year one of AEW, and we're here now. It took us four fucking years, but we're, it seems like we're here now, and I'm happy. Yeah, um, and I think I think Queen Emanata is actually going to be a huge star. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. And I like I think you know, you know with, with, with Mercedes like. Like we're looking at, all right, you know, uh, I imagine there will be some Mercedes fans checking this out. Yeah. Check out our coverage of Mercedes and stuff, and then maybe they're not, you know, familiar with, you know, what's going on in AEW. I think yeah. you did a good job, James, running down everything kind of that's going on. Um, the way Emanata is like, I feel like something around her is special right now, mm-hmm. and I feel like something you could do is maybe align her and Mercedes at some point mm-hmm. you or use her as an early opponent um, and then eventually you know build like a long friendship or whatever and then a split essentially like because you know Mercedes is let's keep it a stack like she's had injury problems and stuff yeah. like that like she's yeah. had like different times where she was out of action um, is she going to hit the ground running for a full schedule I don't know yeah. Um so like while she's here, I'm thinking, all right, who are people that she can work with? And but I would be, I would keep Emanata close to her to try to you know rub off that you know that adulation a little bit uh, for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I just I just saw a lot of the cope, um, and I don't mean Adam Copeland. I mean uh, I saw like you know I did I did some dunking you know on some folks. I was pulling out old tweets on them. I think it's uh you know I'm saving mine until she until she's on the uh, on Turner I'm saving those I'm saving them but um I like I saw like you know you just see the people like just you know whether just running with everything regarding her like you know she's not worth it blah 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 they're paying arm and leg no figures have been leaked no like. You know, whatever has been, you know, nothing has been there. It's just same for like, Okada. It's, it's interesting. Same for Okada. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's all it's the same. It's almost like this. they got money gimmicks, so therefore, like, they must be worth, they must be getting paid, like, you know, eight digits a year. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, we have people in NXT, you know, we have all this stuff. And it's like, hold on, man. Since when are, are is the World Wrestling Federation the biggest promotion in the world cheap? Since when? Are they the little engine that could that are just no, no. developing their yeah. own talent yeah. from scratch? Yeah. Since Mon- when? Moneyball, Rich. They're playing Moneyball over there. Stop the cap. This is Cope. This is uh, seeing they're- Will Ospreay, Kazushko Okada, Mercedes Monet all not walk in the door. Right. Also, I like the idea that, like, because some of these people, like, watch sports – like they think that like somehow like there's a salary cap or something or like so this yeah. so like they're paying the premium price for big free agents so they're that not means, making like, any money so so that must mean that like they're gonna be holes on the roster to pay for impact players and it's like nah that ain't how this works because that there's no salary cap here. There's only there's only two promotions, man. 
There's only two yeah. major promotions in this country. Nah. Yeah, man. It's um I, I saw a lot of just just shambolic, you know, cope tweets just I guess we should move over to Okada. Um, the story broke uh, from SRS. Looks like he's heading to AEW. Um, I originally thought it would be going to WWE, but then, you know, the more I thought about it, more we kind of didn't hear. And actually, we need to talk about Kazushka Okada and, like, you know, his last match with Tanahashi. I watched it this weekend. And what they're doing with him on the way out. Um We'll get to that in a second, though. Okada coming in. It's almost like Kazushi Okada never appeared on national television in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and the and the roof like blew off. It's almost if that never happened with the roof blowing off. It's almost like he never he didn't main event Madison Square Garden, the Rogers Center. Um <laughs> what other big building in America did he main event? Um, but there's another one. They, you know, it, when he came in the United Center, uh, it was in the title match and stuff like that. It's almost like this never happened. It, it's almost mm-hmm. like they recycled every line that they've ever said about this guy or Japanese wrestlers. About, about foreign wrestlers, yes. About foreign wrestlers. And it, it, it was just it was a joy to see. It wasn't joy for me because I, t- I hate seeing this dumb shit. It annoys me to no end that Okada's not. The, the people say this stuff about Okada is like he main evented Masquer Garden at eighty five percent capacity. I would have to look it up, but I don't think Marines ever done that. No disrespect, just saying like this. This dude ain't no fucking nobody, right? Um, I think people just greatly underestimate like and I don't know if it's I don't know how many times they do fucking forbidden door for them to fucking get it through their brains but AEW exists because New Japan carried a ton of American fandom for professional wrestling and past professional wrestling while a section for a section of fandom that either was disenchanted with WWE or was done with pro wrestling post-WCW, whatever else. And because of the internet, people saw this stuff, they came to AEW, or came to New Japan shows, and the promotion got started off uh, off the backs of a bunch of ex-Bullet Clubbers and a guy that semi-main invented a Wrestle Kingdom that was a WWE legend. That is... The, that is the origin story of AEW. So every time... No I, no matter what people want to rewrite or whatever, right. or, you know, come out here and lie about. Like, we know we were all there, at least on this show. Right. We right. were charting it from the inception, from the reports. Yep. So every This time, guy, Okada's a part of that. Right. Right. Like, the Okada Omega series is a even though like Okada hasn't been here for this, is a lot of people's entry points into Kenny Omega, who has been at points one of the three or four biggest stars in AEW ever. Or not at different points, is one of the three or four biggest stars in AEW ever. People got their introductions watching 
two of the greatest matches, all, or two, in my opinion, the two greatest matches of all time, plus other stuff, right? That is your opinion on how, how you rank it. My, my mind varies on that. So, for me, I'm just like, when people say this, it's like, you are talking from the casual fan's perspective to which I say, in which most people that watch AEW say, we don't give a flying fuck about casual fans. We never have. We never will. We don't want to do it that way. The promotion turned a corner critically over the last few months based off of going back to his roots of we're, we are, we are giving our most passionate fans and people that buy tickets that fly the ass out on the weekends to our shows to come see our pay-per-views. Sorry, MJF. Sorry, CM Punk. Sorry, Cody. You lost. It's over. Yeah, it's like, it's like about, about this. You know, I also John Mousy shows up fresh off of doing what a fucking G1 run. QC Marshall, you know, is becoming too New Japan-y, you know, for him in here. Got all Japanese-y. Yeah. You know, it's too Japanese. Yeah, man. Like, you know, I just got to say, like, the roster is fucking filthy. Filthy. Rich. This this is the greatest roster in pro wrestling history. It's up there. If you lay it down on paper, think of all the cross matches, and I guarantee you, you yeah. will still leave out dozens of them that can Rich, be made. Today, I thought about Okada uh, a in 2024, an Okada versus Hangman match. I thought about it. And then, as you just mentioned, it's part of our cross matches you don't even think about. You, you know, I, I tend to do this. I just thought about, like, oh, yeah, uh, we, we could get Okada versus Rick Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> like, <clears throat> like, forget for, forget the obvious match that you want to see, that everyone wants to see Ray Phoenix have with the new edition. Like, you want to see, like, what the fuck, like, Phoenix and Osprey can do. Like, Okada and Osprey, Okada and Phoenix would be fucking awesome. Like, like, uh, like I still remember the Hiromu and Okada match um, in the New Japan Cup in, in front of nobody that was fucking awesome. Like imagine a, 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 a crazy imagine a Chicago dynamite. No, let's do this. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Thursday, or Thanksgiving Wednesday dynamite. Thanksgiving Eve. Kazushiko Okada versus Ray Phoenix. Run that. Eddie Kingston versus Kazushiko Okada. And they're friends because they both hate uh, uh, Jay White. Man, just like all this stuff just brings a smile to my face. It is just like. Just the possibilities are endless. Like, you know, and, and this is like what I want to watch. Like, it's like, yo, I'm I don't care about Kazushiko Okada leaving New Japan. Like, I do. Sorry, I do, point, but that is not. But that's not where he's but, going. I do, but that does not change my. That does not like make me think. Not that does not make me be like. Well, that means that like he can't do awesome stuff over here as well. It's it's a both thing. Like I'm bummed he's going to leave because I think they destabilized New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I'm also acknowledging like, yeah, there's a lot of fresh matchups that he otherwise with with experienced main event talent that he could face that he otherwise would have to be doing a lot of like teaching job teaching stuff with with say, the younger guys in in New Japan. 
So you lay it out on paper. It's like that old Bret Hart. Like, we'll give you this list and we'll give you this list. You tell me which one, (laughs) which one would be more exciting for you. Like, it is it is crazy. Like, just like, you know, what if we turn on a random week and it's like, yeah, you know, Kazushi Okada's in action tonight. and And then the music hits and then it's whose house <laughs> top throw catch a five like yo like I, well, we're not be, seeing that to be fair i don't think a match like that same thing with the it wouldn't be match. random it's gonna be a random yeah. dynamite match but yeah. I, I get your point nonetheless you know uh you know him versus Takesha, bro a lot of people want to see that and i mean who wouldn't want to see that i think yeah bro the c2 this year like they if they do it the real way, man. I, I, look, the first time I ever saw Takeshi was 2020, and after that I was like, oh, I want to see him versus Okada. And like that was a match with Yuki Oedo in there and also Kaido Kiyomiya. I got my Kaido Kiyomiya and Okada match. It was fucking awesome. I know some people, you know, some people have a quiz about how bad he beat his ass. The match still great. Like, I want to see Takeshi and Okada match. Bro, like. There's just so many, so many guys I want to see him against. I don't yeah. even know where to, where to begin. Like, <laughs> and then it's like, you know, Osprey. Like, what's he gonna do? Like, I don't, you know. When does Kenny come back? Like, um, like, like I'm sorry. Like, you know, especially with what's happening with Kazusha Okada as far as it relates to New Japan now, man. Rich. Who know? Who knew that Kenny Omega getting pulled off of uh, New Year's Dash would be a better send off than Kazusha Okada's getting right now? <laughs> they are putting him in ten man tag matches in the second match to send him off. I don't know why Some he didn't just say I'm done after Matt after, Riddle. I don't know why he didn't just say I'm done after this weekend. Like maybe he wanted. Why? Maybe he was like intent on finishing the tour. Because, you know, it's still that's going to be New, New Japan Sapporo, which is like, those Sapporo match shows are always the weakest ones, right? Because it's normally Nagoya or, or Osaka, and then you get to um, the Sapporo ones. Because, you know, those are the islands up north. Seamus Nova says, Tamatonga will get a better send-off than Okada, I promise you. And it's looking like that's going to happen. I watched the last Okada and Tanahashi match um, over the weekend, and, man, it was just a... I'm going to get real dark for a second here, um, but bear with me. It's like it's one more reminder of like how much things are changing. Times are changing and like, you know, you just look around and things aren't the same anymore. And it was like, wow, we saw the great video package ahead of time. They show Okada in the ill-fitting clothes, um, you know, showing when the belt show him crying in the dome like basically saying you're not iwgp level you've shown finally surpassing tanahashi you show tanahashi coming back in 2018 with that one title challenge and then the g1 and tanahashi wins and then like shows them like becoming friends and then teaming together and then you know their one-off match they had last year and then it was on to this one and it was like Hiroshi Tanahashi comes out to high energy, but unfortunately, for whatever reason, they don't have the fucking music right. So like it's fucked up when I when I watch it and I'm pissed and I'm like, why could we not? It wasn't the copyright high thing? energy. 
Yes. Okay. I was like, why could we not secure high energy? What did it need to cause? Is the yen that down? I'll let that hang there. Um, <laughs> I saw Okada and Tanahashi go in the ring. And it was almost like the final lesson, you know? And it was like they are not, even Okada, both of these guys are not the wrestlers they were at their apexes, obviously, for yeah. in Tanahashi's case or yeah. whatever. But Tanahashi, like, this is why he's so great still. He cocked back, and he was doing high-fly flows to the outside of the ring and shit. Like, he was, like, putting it on a line in a way where it's like, yo, this is the great rivalry that this promotion has had that rebuilt this company that made so many people fans that made a star that in their roles now Tanahashi is president of the company it's like his his final kind of you know lesson to his student or whatever is like the whole time I, I sent a tweet thread out about it I was all mushy and sappy and shit it was like I kept thinking the uh, whole thing was like hey man be your best today like, it, this isn't necessarily about the rest of our rivalry, even though, you know, they were taking some sequences and stuff like that. It wasn't yeah, about of how good they once were. This is about who they are right now, like I thought. And um, I was rooting for Tanahashi to win. The crowd was firmly, too. And when, when Okada would, like, you know, kind of do, like, little certain things, they would boo and it was almost it was not like a fuck you kind of boo it was like more like yo let's let's keep this pure essentially like let's let's enjoy it one last time and um i've watched a lot of okada tanahashi matches over the years long ones uh the ones that were in dallas and it was like someone it was like these you know long after it, be, it was a drawing match in japan man it didn't sound like it um like it sounded as over as anything i've ever watched like it was loud they were clapping. They were into the match. They loved it. I loved it. Um, Okada won, definitively. You know, beating them. You know, even though you know was that's it one been over was for a one a while. rainmaker still like it had been for one, last one few years? rainmaker. Yeah. Okay. Um. I and, and you know everything I saw in it, it was just like I, I think he should never wrestle in New Japan pro, pro wrestling again. Like he, I, I think he should no show the last two days and i'm not even like trolling or playing or whatever he's a freelancer now right like yeah. this is how you're going to disrespect this man and put him second from the top in a match with fucking matt riddle in it go to hell like this is how you're going to treat the greatest champion of your company's history maybe it's a case where they are upset with him and you know it, it was sudden or whatever but i'm like have some class like you know and I know he's leaving you. I know he's not necessarily, he didn't put anybody over, you know, on the way out. Right. But he lost to Tetsuya Naito in the G1 finals. Yep. You know, he went out there and gave you his best for years and years and years. And this is how you're going to send him off. Right. And I find that really disheartening. Like, and that kind of stinks. 
and I and I know some people are probably happy with it. They were happy to see him go. Oh, um, yeah. And, yeah. I and, mean, and wanted you, him you to know, wrap it know. up for quite a while and, yeah. and stuff like that. No, I'm saying I'm glad. That's why I'm like, bring him, bring him to AEW now. Like, like we'll take him. We'll we'll show him the love. You know, like like on on this side, and it's like. It's unfathomable to me that they're treating Okada like this on the way out. Second from the top. Not uh, building an event around him. We saw the Nakamura farewell. They yeah. were all crying. It was, a, it was a main event, Cork and Hall. It was like this three-on-three emotional match. Everyone directly related to him. Okada don't know, fucking know Matt Riddle. Yep. What is this? And it, it's, it's hell, like United hell, Empire Rich, guys, BJP, blah, 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 blah. It's like... Kushida, when he left, he got the Tanahashi match at Kurohon. Like this is awful, bro. Like, like, and I, I don't think people are gonna complain about this. Like, in so I'm gonna complain about it. Like, this is bullshit. Like, nah. Like, 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 what happened to him is worse than what happened to the elite. The elite just did jobs in the dome on the way out. At least it was the dome, right? I see what you mean. I, I don't look. I I don't know who's calling the shots, who gave the dates, whatever, who gave the exit of I need to be out by X, Y, and Z. I don't know, but you would think that like even if it is ending as a pearl, like can we have something that's more appropriate? You know, um, like honestly, the send off should the send off should have been should have been this match this weekend. That's what it should have been. Yep. I don't know why he wants to do these two extra dates other than the part where it's like I want to finish the new beginning tour. That's the only thing that makes sense. I don't know, man. It's weird. But you know, I made sure that like when they said like, "Hey, we are wrapping up," you know, pressing tees in in New Japan shop, token shop. That like we are we were getting rid of of the prints for the for the Tana or sorry the uh, the Okada stuff. I made sure like I've always wanted this shirt. I just never got around to getting it. And I was like, it, "It's it's gonna cease to exist unless you know unless I go to Josh Smith route and get a boot." Uh, I ain't I ain't going on that. So I ended up getting uh, two Okada shirts. So um. They came in today, so I had to put the order on because I knew we were going to talk about it. So, yeah, man. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, because he was, because he was a standard, because, you know, he was the ace, like a good champion is somebody that in, you know, in, you know, in Japanese wrestling, we're like, there aren't super strong villainous characters most of the time a lot of it is you just want to see someone that is worthy enough in the, in the eyes of the fans get their de- get their shot at the title kind of had to be standing to be the heel and um you know we got a lot of you know it wasn't like he got booed but it was always a lot of the crowd cheering for someone that set for him while he's having you know matches of the decade matches of the year matches of the month and um This how it ends, and it's like, all right, that's that's how you want to end it. All right, I think he's coming back eventually, um, and um, I don't know when, but I think you know years from now he'll come back. I think he'll 
Russell will have feuds with the guys that they want to have feuds with now, but they'll be older. They'll actually be main eventers. And um, he'll do good business again. And um, I think New Japan and Bushi Road and everybody else involved with this will look back and be like, why the fuck did we do this whole thing with, with these nothing out the door tag matches? I think they'll regret it. Well, maybe one day Kazushi Okada will work with the young guys at Forbidden Door. That's funny. That is funny. Um, yeah. Um, news that broke shortly before we went on air. I figured this would be a good place to uh, pop it in. Rocky Romero is now apparently working for AEW in the office. Huh. So, um, don't really have much more information than that. Meltzer threw it in on part as part of the daily update. So he's working. Wait, wait. So does he, has he switched jobs or does he have two jobs? I I believe he has multiple jobs. Mm, Okay. But yeah. Um, so with that happening, there are a couple thoughts that spring to my mind. One, this man, Rocket Murrow, is putting a check with a check with a check. Yep. Um, MJG would be very proud of him. Yep. Um, he is, it, in my mind, I'm like, is he being brought in with Okada? Like, is like this, uh, is he going to be his mouthpiece or something like that? Well, Rich, you know, um, for about a, for 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 two years now, uh, Rocky Romero and uh, Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander and Chucky T and uh, Tomohiro Ishii and uh, Trent Beretta or sorry Trent uh, have all been you know what were they called them? They were called them Chaos East. I'm sorry, Chaos West. What was it? What was the yeah, shit was called them? Something like that. Are you are United States a chapter of, uh, of of Chaos? So it's like this has kind of been around in kayfabe for you know two years now and everything. And um, if if it if it works out that way, man, I gotta say I feel happy. For, I, I I feel I feel happy for Rocky Romero the way he has finessed the game. He has he he has made the game work for him, bro. This man is like just maneuvering throughout the pro wrestling business, like with CMLL, right? On all he that, was, he was working Volador, you know, months ago. That program Volador was that last? I think months ago, last it was year. Last year, it was last, last year. Last year, yeah. Look, might have been Matt, might have been the liaison for all this. Remember CMLL? The, the were, real, you know, the real invisible they were not hand. Happy. They were not, you know. Through New Japan, all that kind of stuff, they were not happy with the, you know, with the the AAA work and all the stuff for New Japan and everything as usual. And he goes down there. Obviously, they have the connection with Fantastic Mania every every year and everything. But um, yeah, if 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 that is that is big because of the connections, like he just he 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 his name is gold everywhere seemingly. There is another aspect of this that I think. Uh, David Bixen's Bixen has started uh, re- like raising the questions. Like, you know, this guy's a well liked guy within wrestling, but he's never quite ever had to put his name on some of the things that he's been 
you know, tied to. So like, you know, there was that one time he tried to sneak Marty Skrull in the back door at, at uh, New Japan Strong. At one time, a, a lot of the problematic folks come th- through the doors in New Japan. Somebody's going to start waking that shit up uh, regarding him because we know he said he's the one that's doing the hiring for that. For that. Right. I can see that. Like, I can see like that. When, when he goes to AEW, there's a new whole new spotlight on him. Right, now right. Yeah. That um, he's never had to answer uh, for before. So I'd yes, be sir. interested to see like if that talk starts. You know, the levels start increasing on that because that's some that's some fresh red meat for the deaf to AEW crowd. Right, right. I mean, you sign with you sign with all elite. That's what comes with the territory, unfortunately, right? Um, like, I mean, we were talking about Deanna Perrazzo and the, and you know the people you know talking about body sh- or doing the body shame shit with her a, f- a few weeks ago, while she was you know signed to NXT on the main roster for shots, looking the same way she looks then that she does now, just four years later, and she's here, and you know we talked about that. Like, unfortunately, you sign on AEW, you sign up for this level of unfair scrutiny or not you don't sign up but like it comes that's what you get and it sinks um so yeah man like in, in the case of um this rocky thing tony khan has i hope tony khan already knows you know some of that stuff because tony rocky knows everybody rocky brought in a lot of gaijin to new japan yeah um and then, like the the other part is like, well, is somebody else from New Japan coming through the door. Riddle, what's going on here? Riddles, Riddle should be untouchable. Yeah, you would think. Um, it, I feel like, man, is Matt Riddle going to be on Forbidden Door and all that? That's going to be that's going to be nasty. And it, and and then like they give us the match and like we want it like. Five years ago, but like we don't want now. <laughs> like, like two thousand, look two thousand eighteen, nineteen. Uh, uh, Rich Lot and James Boy really, 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 really wanted to see Matt Riddle versus Kenny Omega. Don't want to see that shit now. <laughs> no, thank you. That no, was thank you. Like my number one dream match. <laughs> Point. <laughs> see. Oh um, yeah. See, see how um, people see, see how people fuck it up for you. See. Um, See how you yeah, your faith in humanity? How 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 humanity said, "Nah, actually, motherfuckers evil." Yeah, yeah. Or doing so evil. like it's just eventually. I think Rocky's gonna have to talk about this at some point. So hopefully, he's got you know. Uh, I'm sure he'll have something to say about it. But um, yeah, these are the moves you made. You know, these are your man's. You know. <laughs> wow. But um, you know, moving forward, AEW Dynamite this week, brother, flat out one of the greatest AEW Dynamites of all time, and I had a couple talks with uh, some people in the company. Um, this is an exclusive for you guys. Right up at the top, they consider that as well, <laughs> down to the number. <laughs> of of what number dynamite this was uh and I, i'm here to tell you is is top three and not three so 
<laughs> but uh so so they kind of have an, an idea of uh the uh you know the level that they're aspiring to be right now um they were in phoenix arizona a great crowd um and this i remember um there was a hangman willer Utah match beginning of 2023 when they were in phoenix so their second uh, time out there this uh whole thing opened up with swerve taking on hangman page and this went to a 30 minute draw and this was sensational um I never really bought much of the double turn talk between these guys. Like as far as like, you know, a lot of people, you know, I always said that'd be news to me. You know, I feel like I would Mm -hmm. spot such things Mm -hmm. um, because the crowd is cheering for Swerve more. Yeah, uh, Hangman is that getting mean more. There are still obviously Hangman supporters, and also people that remember the storyline. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but the way the winds are blowing seems yep. to have uh, you know seeped into this match, and maybe they're somewhere else now um, with it. Yeah, and um, I thought this was like this was such a deep match. Like as far as like the things that were happening, I really went crazy. For Hangman thinking Prince Nana was cheating, but he wasn't. Oh my God! Because I love this, that. this was set up with Swerve's promo on Collision, right? Where he was telling Prince Nana, "Don't interfere or whatever, because yep. I want to beat this guy." Blah, say blah. Yep. I didn't see that, and until, I didn't know or see that until this weekend. So I'm mm-hmm. watching it, and I'm just seeing the spot, and I'm like, "It." You know what it made me think of? Do you remember? All right, what's your favorite Roman Reigns feud in WWE? Uh, don't do this. 2016. Roman Reigns, AJ Styles. Yep. yep. Okay. And how did that start? Like Roman come. Roman's a baby face. <laughs> AJ's a baby face. Uh, post WrestleMania, and then all of a sudden, uh, Gallows and Anderson show up and start attacking Roman, and Roman's like this motherfucker. Those are his friends. This bullshit. And the Uso star showed up interfering to AJ's on AJ's side. Roman has nothing to do with the Roman has nothing to do with the Uso stepping in. And AJ's like, this motherfucker screwing me over. And it's just like that that mis that's that miscommunication of these are actually two good guys, and then their friends slash family are causing the tension, and that's what leads to all of this. Like I, the whole thing of like Nana has got it's interfered in the first two matches. The third match happens. He's just sitting there. He's not involved. Earlier in the match, uh, Swerve actually got, got a hand on the rope on a, on a pinfall. This time he gets a foot on the rope on a near fall. And given what happened in the first match, he's like, oh, this motherfucker clearly put his, put his foot up and did the fucking dance. I'm going to fucking kill him again. Bro, he, he fucking destroys uh, Prince Nana with a chair on the yes. outside of the ring. It was it, yes, 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 uh, and I'm not sure, given uh, the match, like where it was in the match, but before Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman, that's my favorite Roman Reigns feud. It's I mean, it's amongst that. I'm glad Doctor Lear brought that up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if, if you want, I feel like that is the biggest cap in the feather for Roman's uh, 
like wrestling acumen that he was able to carry Braun Strowman to good ass matches. Uh, it made him a star by you know putting him over by getting his ass beat a million times. So yeah, um, I can't remember the the end of the match at what point, but like there's a near there's a tease of a near of a ten count that Swerve beats, and in which not. Nada does the inspirational Nada dance, and I'm like, God damn it! They have turned the Nada dance into 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 the fucking Undertaker Paul Bearer urn. Yes, wake up! Like, yeah, yes, yeah, oh yes! (laughs) I couldn't believe that shit. I'm losing my mind. Um, and then that happens as you mentioned. I can't. I'm pretty sure that happened first, and then you get the uh, the Nada thing, and then. Page, he blues, he loses fucking mind. He's like this fucking guy keeps interfering in his matches with this guy that is very fucking good, but he can't beat me without that fucking guy helping me. He helped him again. I'm I've had enough. Gets a chair, lights his ass up. Crowd boo. And before the match even started, I had texted you. All right, right as the match, the bell rang. I listen to the crowd. And I'm like, I send live. I'm sending messages to Rich like, hey bro, are they doing a double turn? And I don't, remember, I don't remember what you said, but I was like, I put like the way this, the way the energy of this thing's going, and the way and then you see that in that way. I was like, this is setting, the, this is setting the, 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 um, this is setting the grounds for one if they decide to do one. And I was like, hey man, a lot of people talk about Bret Hart or whatever else, and a Bret Hart merchants. Some people just do it. And uh, hey man, on the page, that is the way to do the, the Bret Hart stuff. That is the way to do it. Like. The thing about Bret Hart was he was justified turning heel, but he was so whiny and you had the ascension of a heel that people liked a lot. And then you had the grounds for it. All you got to do is just complain, 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 and actually have a valid reason to be doing a play when people don't want to hear you bitch all the goddamn time anymore. We're here now with Hangman. If they want to continue with this, I think, and also you get to the draw at the end, he takes a caraway out of not. You have the heel, the person that He's did the done. whole production saying, I Swerve want five more done. minutes because Ed he wants to prove for once and all, I can actually beat this fucking guy by myself. And Paige takes the easy way out and says, nope, you can't beat me. And then because he's a heel, he's basically in a heel mode now, says, you lost, so you are not no more contender. The ranking started with Swerve as a hangman contender. You get a draw, what do you think is me? Who do you think is no more contender? Yeah. I get a draw, hangman. This man, this man has lost his mind. Nana has broken this man. This is awesome. <laughs> um, so they basically like Swerve, as as you mentioned, uh, asked for five more minutes. Um, and basically, you know, they, these guys haven't beat each other like still. So, um, Shivani stood up, said he got word that there's gonna be two number one contenders, going to be a three way at Revolution, uh, for the AW World Title. Swerve was happy about this. Paige was furious. I mean, Paige should be lucky that he's still even here, like, I guess, because he is number two right. in the rankings. But so, then he'd be um, like, well, he proved that he should be number he, He's got the tie with number one contender. Therefore, they're both number one contenders. Like, he's 1A and 1B. He's 1B2. Swerve's 1A. Yeah. Hey, bro. Um, this, if, you, if, you be, if you wanted to be 1A, you, you should have got your ass to the Continental Classic. Stupid, you know, but you Stupid. know, you want to, you, you and your friends want to do, didn't, didn't want to show it for work. And now, look, the elite showed the work, and look where we at now. We in greatness now. See, we should have put that. We should have came up with that elite signal years ago. 
years ago. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this was awesome. This sets up the three-way match. Uh, I think this match is going to be awesome. Like, Heyman and Swerve have, have basically, um, you know, kind of like the Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels feud. They became so big that all of a sudden they need to inject the world title into it. That's uh-huh. what this is. Like, it's become the hottest story in the company yep. aside from, you know, the, the the what we'll talk about for the main event angle. Um, I and, think even still, this is the hottest Yeah. Story. Like, this has been, like, this has gripped the promotion for months. People can't stop talking about Heyman and Swerve in different forms. I'm in a lot of different kinds of fans or whatever. Um, you know, so some people just so impressed by the matches. So Some people so gripped by uh, the story. Like, be like, yo, I ride with Heyman. He actually got his house broken in. Like, this is bullshit. Like, there's people riding for him, too. Um, Swerve, obviously, like, on fire, like, as far as, like, um, Seeing like where that he promo came, was so good on on a was that rampage or was that it was collision? on collision? That, was on that collision. promo was so good. Like he is, he is, he has set the grounds for a baby for his turn. It's it's right there. That's like. what I'm saying. Like they both set the, <laughs> like this is the shit I be talking about when like when like you don't need the you you there's no explanation for why you did this in the third over. Like redemption, acknowledgement, or redemption works for all of this stuff. I don't know why y'all are so why people are why Russ are so scared to just you know just do this much. Yeah, and, and I was saying like what where Swerve like has come from is like just slowly getting more over. He's naturally winning people over yep. into his side. So by the time they get some old Joe in there, you know for for the belt, like I'm expecting an incredible match. Like and sorry, Joe. I don't, it's, it's I, don't know, I don't know who's leaving as AEW World Champion. It's time to come Joe. off it, Joe. I'm sorry. You know, pe- people going to be upset. You know, it's a short reign, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's been great. Rich, this ain't Daniel, for you. Rich, Danielson is about to leave uh, after basically uh, becoming the best wrestler in the world again without ever winning a single title in AEW or unless he wins the Triple Crown shit. I don't give a... I, I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck if Samoa Joe is a, cha- uh, is a, a champion for only three months. He, and I, you make an argument... Uh, I'll make the argument. He should never been a fucking champion again. With Dames can't be champion. What the fuck are we doing? Yeah, this is um, it, it's it's not not to say he's not doing a good job because he is doing a good job. But you get my point. It, it's so competitive that like just looking around is like I don't feel like I can justify Samoa Joe like for nine months with this roster, especially like with what Swerve and Hangman have going on. Like Swerve or Hangman is your next champion. So. Like, like that's where it's going. Like, and I think that you know the story necessitates that. And I think Same. that you know the further we go into it, almost the more interesting it can be because not only do Swerve and Hangman have great chemistry in the ring, like they have great like matches against each other, like they physically match up, like it's just like a perfect rivalry essentially. Like, and it's not. Like this, it's like Swerve has like put his own roots in the promotion as well, and like it's like this natural clash. I think that his is is gonna force you <laughs> to pick, pick a side, which is pretty cool. But it's not necessarily toxic or anything. Like this is a storyline based thing. Like and yes. it's cool. Like it's like no like fuck shit involved with it. Um, it's been able to everyone been able swears to, like had to be on his own without like you know not to say that this is the worst thing in the world but like 
Jericho getting involved or MJF getting involved or the elite getting involved or, you know, BCC getting involved, right? Like this, this is, uh, this is like the thing that I'm just like, I was always saying like the Heyman thing, like, can he get something off the ground on his own without like his, without his homeboys, you know, carrying him. And this is it. And like, I mean, it's already one of the greatest like robberies in, in AEW history, but like, Quite frankly, personally, me as a pro wrestling fan, it's probably my favorite robbery in pro wrestling since Tam and Julia. It probably is. Like, the proof is in the pudding. Like, these characters work together. And you see them changing because of each other, and you see them leveling up because of each other. It's awesome. It's fucking awesome. Like, they 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 hit they they struck lightning, lightning in a bottle with this. I don't know if this was the, the intent. I, 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 it probably wasn't. Oh, well, we're here now. It's been better than we ever could have expected. Yeah, man. The And, and Revolutions is going to be a movie. Like, <laughs> And also, you know, I want to say, like, hats off to the people in charge now. They're getting the booking together and everything. Like, to... I thought at first when they booked so many matches ahead of time, I was like, well, how are they going to, how are they going to do television when they already have so many things set in stone? They were had so many things set in stone where it's like, we have things set in stone. We have people doing other things to get there. We had, we continue on the long path of this stuff. We can tell this winding road with Samoa Joe's playing the champion. The, the rankings coming back, help this all. Like I, I think they now need to like, basically set all their fucking pay-per-view matches that were had like four matches like two months before the pay-per-views out now at this point like mm-hmm. obviously I, I think it'll be hard to do when you do the you know all in all out a week apart but like when you get full gear by itself when you get double or nothing by itself like we need to have that shit two like six to, to eight weeks ahead just like this because like this has been i feel like this is like the best the booking has been since like I don't know. Over a year. 2021. Like like going into Revolution 2021? I can, I can agree nah, with that. Uh, I probably say going into Revolution 2022, maybe. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Because um, that's, that's when they had the MJF and Punk stuff going on with Warlow. Uh, yeah, and you know, they were doing the Danielson and, um, and, and, and Moxie thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you. Yeah, in in almost two in almost two years is the best of booking's been. Yeah, um, and it co- and after- it coincides with MJF being gone. It's interesting. Hmm. Um, maybe, maybe we were too hard on CM Punk. <laughs> no. <laughs> see, 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 CM Punk was CM Punk was taking all that man's bullshit ideas like, nope. Nope, nope. Get uh, look. Take the pickles off this, off this. Take the onions off this. Nope, 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 nope. We're not doing this. You want steak sauce on this burger? Get the fuck out of here. We're not doing that. See a pup. See a pup. Probably like this. This kid. It's too much ambition. Anyway, let's move on. We had uh Tony Storm taking on Red Velvet, Deanna Perazzo on commentary. Um, I don't really remember much about this match, but um, this was the best Tony Storm match, the, the best timeless Tony Storm match. I think she's finally figuring out how to do this without being too sh- too much character, too sticky, or too sticky, and like actually like 
with within her character be able to tell stories that are actually entertaining as an actual wrestling match as opposed to being a a bit of a comedy sketch and i thought diana was was uh was good on commentary yeah um i'm enjoying how diana perrazzo has been presented coming into the company it's like I guess it works so much because Tony's such a clown kind of yeah. where it's like th- we have no choice but to take Deanna Perrazzo seriously. So like <laughs> um yeah she wasn't she wasn't talking about getting beads uh that went around her neck uh this week. Uh Deanna yeah. no she's not doing that. Yeah, um Tony kissed her on the cheek and then Luther stepped in and uh you know blah blah blah. Uh, uh, well, did the Jonathan Majors, you know, break him up. Yeah. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. So we got um uh Renee was backstage with Orange Cassidy, Trent Ro- AEW's Rocky Romero, <laughs> and they were asking um Cassidy about wrestling Tomohiro Ishii on collision uh after having a six man on rampage. He said it'll be fine. Uh Renee asked him how Chuck's doing. Uh, with uh, Cassie saying Chuck T's there tonight, he's getting checked on by doctors. So tunnel talk, have no fear. Um, <laughs> Renee <laughs> requested they bring it all in for a handshake, and uh, everyone obliged and left left the shot. Uh, did you I catch what, did Renee you catch was, what Trent she was said? rocking all jean gear? What's up? Did you catch what Trent said? No, Trent was like, "You're wrestling Ishi." You're like, "You like, the fuck you up." It was great. It was like, it was so understated, but it was like that, that, that the way he said it and the look he made. It was like, bro, you want to do this? <laughs> That's not a good idea. Up next, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, and Claudio Castagnoli making their trios debut, taking on Mascara Dorada, Volador Junior, and Hechicero. Let's get it. This fucking rule. This was a blast. Oh my god, this was amazing. Like crowd insane. They're in Phoenix, Arizona. Man, they gave they gave uh the Luchadors the babyface corner, and it was like, yeah, they are the baby faces out here. Like, bro, I love this. Um, uh, just all the pair offs. They got Moxley facing off with Volador, they've got Danielson and Hedge Cero, they've got Mascara Dorada. Putting Danielson in, in a in the fucking blender in hell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dorada and, and Claudio bouncing off each other, and this is like there was a lot of cool flying on this. There was like brawling. There was like just sectioning off, like guys getting getting paired off, and it was just like, oh, this is awesome. And then casting Noli, uh, showing his hoishness as as he kicked uh the 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 you know my man. Uh, I think it was Mascara Dorada. Kicked him in the nuts. nuts before he ended up before uh for a while before they uh before that happened though. Yeah. Like they 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 want to be dishonorable. You know, they you know uh they, my, my my brothers from CMLL want want to have a fair fight, you know, three on three, you know, mano y mano, and and they want to take the easy way out, you know, like Robert Tepper. Look, he he kicked him in the nuts like so so like all in one motion. Just just punted him. Just like cause we didn't want him to pop up uh dick kick too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Playing foul. 
Yep, and it was like, I mean, man, did a foul, and you know, he got the pin. Uh, they were not happy about this, obviously. Um, and from there, uh, Mystico, who was ringside, Star Junior, S. Finge came in. Uh, the BC was outnumbered, but then Matt Seidel, Daniels, Menard, Parker, they ran out. Uh, all twelve guys were staring at each other. I was like, man. This is too many Mexican dudes fighting too many white dudes. I think I got to go with the Mexican guys on this. You know, this ain't just a tag team match. This ain't just a two on two. Like, nah, man, I, I think I'm rolling with CMLL on this one. But this was this was awesome. Molten crowd for, yes. for this. Um, Yeah, it was just fantastic as usual. Or not as usual, but like as you expected, like Volador was in there. Old ass still spry. Did, did, the roll, did the rope spot. Yeah, man, just... This is going to be good. It's going to be good. Then there was a promo that came out. Uh, all the, the guys from um, CMLL were, were talking that shit, essentially, you know, in Spanish. So I didn't know what they were talking about, but it, basically there was something that slipped through. It was like they invited the BCC um, to their stomach grounds, Arena Mexico. So whenever that happens, I will be finding a way to see... CMLL, even though like CMLL is like the hardest thing to watch and find, um, I will find it. I will locate it somehow, some way. Backstage, Chuck Taylor was again uh, laid out by the Undisputed Kingdom. Cole said, get well soon, Chuck. Um, after that, we got the big announcement. As we mentioned, AEW Big Business. Tony Khan pumped it up and saying it's one of the biggest nights in pro wrestling history. Uh, shit's gonna change forever. All that shit. Mm-hmm. Then we got Kanosuke Takesha taking on Chris Jericho. Jericho looked kind of rough in this thing, but I still thought this was a good match. Um, I thought Takesha was like just. I thought he should have just won clean rather than mm-hmm. um, Jericho having to get stabbed or anything like that. Uh, but the crowd was real into this one as well. Jericho took a rough bump. Uh, rough on bumps. The, uh, He's out here getting his ass kicked. And I don't mean yeah. like in the story. I mean like he was taking some rough bumps. And, you know, like the one against the uh, against the rope, the back of his head snaps off the ropes. Yeah, uh, that was the super, that Was, was like, it a superplex mm. or was it a suplex where he, his head bounces off of the off the mat? Yeah, it was rough for uh, Jericho at times in that match. Yeah, um, so like I, I think I think Jericho needs to take a break. Uh, I think, and, and I think, and I say this like knowing the strength of Jericho has been knowing when to take the foot off the gas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if it was me, I would take Jericho. I would say, hey, go on vacation for let's see. You can come back at the buildup for all in, whatever. You can come back, but take some time off. Let the people miss you. You're overexposed, and you're like the your directions are kind of not like I, I think there's there's too much regarding like like he's out of shape for one, um, and I don't say that <coughs> in a way to disparage him. It sounds. It just seems like he's not at his peak right now of what he could be mm-hmm. because we we know he can get in the gym and we know he can show up and do his thing, but he's taking these brutal looking bumps in this match and he's like getting like thrown around and just like I think 
you know, guys are reluctant to come off TV, obviously, because then it's like, damn, like all these new people are going to come into promotion. What if they forget about me and stuff like that? But I think Jericho, like, you know, he can talk himself out of any situation. He just has to have a situation that is, I would say, creatively stimulating. Mm -hmm. And this thing with the Callis family is like, it's not like, like Jericho is like a secondary target of this thing. The target was always Kenny Omega. Kenny's yeah. not there, so he had to kind of inherit this stuff. Yeah. So, and also you know, like we got just got to keep it a stack. Like Callus is like the only thing that Callus is doing is getting himself is keeping himself over. Over he's not getting over um, the guys he's managing. Not to say that he's not doing good work. You're just like the the purpose, and it's kind of the same thing that happened with like Jake at times with with Archer. It's like that's you're you're not you're what you're not what you're saying and doing is it bad, but it's kind of misguided. This should have been like a huge win for Takesha, and I think in some respects it was Jericho tapped out to his own move, so like. I see something like that and I'm like, yo, you got to go home. Right. Like, <laughs> just from a kayfabe standpoint. Yeah. Right. But like you add in everything else that's swirling around Jericho with whatever, what I think would be beneficial for him as an athlete would be rest. And then like also from a make him miss you for a little bit standpoint, I think, I think we should wave goodbye to Jericho for at least a few months. Uh, but this did go over pretty big in Japan, though, um, according to the comments. And I've seen uh, some stuff like that, like uh, Jericho tapping out to Takesha. So. Okay. But this guy, Takesha, bro, he, he hit the top five in the ranks this week. Um, this is another guy that I would love to see him near the title uh, as well, working, you know, amongst the, the, the very top of the card. Like, he's fucking sensational. Like, <laughs> he is. Uh, him versus Swerve is going to be crazy if we ever get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, or, you know, Takesha versus Danielson. Takesha versus Moxley. No, we already saw that. I'm sorry. And that was fucking awesome. Autos, yeah. We already saw that. That was yep. fucking awesome. Forgot about that. He um, kicked out of the fucking, uh, he kicked out of um, Paradigm Shift and people pop like the Yuta thing. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, then we got our main event. An absolutely incredible match. Sting and Darby Allen defeating Ricky Starks and Big Bill for the AEW Tag Team titles. New champions at last. Sting and Darby. Um, we know the template for these Sting and Darby Tornado Tags. Mm -hmm. We saw uh, well, earlier in the year Somebody gets laid out the and then they're fighting Bill. 201 and getting the heat put on them after fighting violating the next. And it seems like all is lost and the other one comes and saves each other. Saves the other. Yeah. A timeless formula. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but you know, Darby, you know, he looks funny and he's very small. So you forget that yeah. he's a great storyteller. Stings, boys. Sting, uh, El Ijo del Sting, one and two are out there. Um, you know, just like the Vianos, Viano one, two, three, that is, you know, Ijo del Sting's out there. You could be like El Ijo del, del Stephen Borden, like you could, <laughs> no, nah, El Ijo del Sting, del Sting, this sounds wrong, yes, 
<laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, you can tell. Like, look, man. Uh, obviously, strong genes. Yeah, yeah. Like, ain't, ain't a doubt. Ain't a doubt. That look. That look like. That look like. Uh, one of them, like ninety or sorry, one of them, like ninety early nineties Sting. The other one looked like Sting if he had let himself go a little bit or was a power a power lifter and strictly that and wasn't on gas. I was like, oh yeah, those Stings, them them them, them Bordens. I know I know what that is. Yeah, a- ain't no doubt, ain't no doubt. We look, we know who your daddy is. Yep, yep. If they, look, if Sting had been black, he, you know how many times them kids have been like, you look just like your goddamn daddy. Yep, yep. <laughs> Um, so there was, I thought there was a great spot from Ricky Starks here, uh, with the hesitation. I bumped it a quarter star just for that. Uh, the hesitation to to put Sting down and then it costing him. Uh, I I like how he didn't overplay it. Like it was, it was nice and subtle kind of, and, um, Sting gets the pin on Ricky. Big Bill was awesome in this. Every Big Bill uh Darby interaction over the, the past like you know I don't know a year or so has been great. I would love to see them work a singles match. Um and I think Bill is just like a guy I've always liked and he has a presence, he can talk. He's like driven obviously and I, I think he can do some things or whatever. Yeah. Um the Darby going for the tope through the ropes and then the counter from Big Bill to catch him and it turned into a boss man slam. That was that was fucking awesome. And then not only just the, the idea of doing it, but the idea, the execution where like he catches him and then dips him low and then picks him up high and then drops him. It was it was it just looked incredible. Yeah, like that guy, like <laughs> he, he another guy. He should get a push. Like <laughs> um. Then Sting hits the reverse DDT on Ricky, wins the belts, celebrating with the family, with Darby. And then Matthew and Nicholas Jackson emerge from the crack smoke with the white suits and the white baseball bats and start lighting them the fuck up. I don't know what happens, but Darby gets busted open. Um, they turn, you know, their backs and start whooping on El Hijo del Sting one and two. Fuck them up. Not trained wrestlers. They they're in a dangerous environment with these madmen wielding bats. They beat on Sting. They beat on Darby. They get blood all over them suits. The mm-hmm. crowd is fucking furious, booing. It's so hot. This is one of the hottest angles in the history of AEW. They wrestled on Rampage in the bloody suits for a squash match. Incredible. Yep. Just the ultimate old school angle here. Um, and I think anybody that was so, you know what happened a couple weeks ago and the, this was the direction that was confirmed. We saw the crying. Mm-hmm. We saw the hoishness on the timeline. Right. We saw that. Well, how about it now? Yeah, because the Young Bucks, you know, the video game wrestlers, uh, they laid out uh, on on the main event or the the end of the main event. They laid down a good old fashioned Southern heel team heel beatdown. It was violent and it was bloody. And it pissed off people. 
we get told that these motherfuckers don't understand wrestling. I, is that the that kind one. of heat? Is that the heat you looking for? Hey, hey, hey Rich, you, you've heard me often. You've heard me say on times that like, hey, I, I, I get with some people with the young bucks. They don't like the physicality of the wrestling. Not to say that there's that the young bucks are soft or that they don't take bump incredible bumps as they do and they get their ass kicked a lot. But like sometimes it doesn't feel like there's there's oomph there. Well, they, well, how about they, now? Them baseball bats, <laughs> that's the oomph. They beat Sting's ass with a baseball bat. Boo them niggas. How dare they? Sting ain't supposed to go down to no baseball bat. That's his weapon. Look, I know Triple H is like, see, that's that's that symbolism I be talking about. The weapon symbolism. Stupid. That, that Stupid. weapon symbolism. You beat, look, you beat somebody down with their own weapon. Like, they was whooping Darby's ass, punching him in the head, fucking him up. Uh... Crowd's melting at this point, and you start look, thinking about Revolution and how hot that match is going to be, and it's going to be for the belts, yep. as we can see. Yeah, Bucks said they about to run up their record and go through the ranks. We arrived like three way match, tag team belts. Mm-hmm. We are. Man, what are we? Uh, four weeks away Heat. or three weeks away? Uh, we are th- three weeks away, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Well like, done. This was, this was an angle. This See? was how you draw money. This is how you increase pay per view buys. They didn't have to work shoot on anybody. They didn't have to do no bullshit. I remain impressed by how this was laid out between Sting and Darby, Matthew, Nicholas. Put him in the fucking Hall of Fame. What are we doing, man? I don't know what we're doing. (laughs) What are we doing, man? Like these guys, bro, they've done it again. They've done it again. Yep. Just, Just incredible. Feels great. Um, they say it's the EVP trigger. They yep. renamed it. Yep. Um, nobody came out to help because the Bucks are EVPs and right. they must fear for their jobs. Five thousand dollars uh, fine. Yeah, you know, Bucks may have to kick them from the building. So you know, I don't know if they're going to do this, but like, I'm kind of interested to see like how they do like a Young Bucks versus like BCC like feud. Based around like who's giving who finds between Danielson and and and, and, and Nicholas and Matt Jackson. That's based funny. Off of like, like you know, if you want your work, shoot shit. You should, this should be it. Like you put that program like who who's finding who, right? They just hand the money back and forth. Yes, it's to you. It's to you. It's right. to you. Like all of a sudden, like they like. Well, obviously, you know, BTE is gone. But like, if BTE was still around, all of a sudden, like they get a FedEx and like they. Uh, Nick or Matt get a FedEx in the mail like how NFL players get FedEx in the mail for their fines. But what the mm-hmm. fuck is this? <laughs> hold on, Nick. Hold on. Go, go walk out the knock on the door. Hold on, bro. What's this? Yeah. Explain this. <laughs> oh, well, you know, you weren't supposed to be doing it. Hey, man, I'm the EVP. I'm, I'm going to get fined here. The and fuck? They started to feud off that. Like, I will, I will, well, it's gone now. Whatever. Or at least for now. But yeah. What's good to Frankie? Appreciate the uh, the twenty one month streak 
here. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, man. Um, yeah, Excalibur told us the Bucks' reputation is officially destroyed. Um, Adam Copeland That's and Eddie Kingston did respond to the attack. Talk some shit about the Bucks, like, you know, jumping on Sting like that. So, like, that's kind of what you want to hear. You want to see this stuff, like, the re- what the rest of the roster thinks of this. It's kind of mm-hmm. it's a shared universe, as they say. Yep. So, um, yeah, and this this Dynamite was just great. Like, this was like, we, you know, it was, it was a, a phrase, restore the feeling. Mm-hmm. We here. Mission accomplished. Oh, yeah, man. Like, I, uh, I saw this on Wednesday, loved it, thought it was, like, I didn't really get into thinking about, like, whether or not this is one of the greatest Dynamites ever time. I just knew it was one of the better ones immediately. Um, and then, like, I, you know, over the weekend, like, because of what was going with Rock and, and Cody and Roman and Seth, I, like, I watched SmackDown. I was like, hey, man, I, I you know, all we talked about this as far as, like, checking in and, like, the state of, like, internet wrestling discourse and like it seems like people aren't happy and i see these two shows and i'm like what in the fuck are we arguing about i saw a good smackdown show that like moves along is telling the story of the path of like people really want to get to wrestlemania um given the points in their careers um so they're in these qualifying things for uh the qualifying matches to get to the limited chamber to get their last shot at getting to wrestlemania um, I see this thing with like, you know, the rock and triple H or the triple H promo. Um, I see qualifying match between DIY and mustache mountain for the tag titles. And, and that's a good show. That's a very good show. And then I see, and then this happened. I'm like, bro, like both of these promotions, maybe it's one week sample size. Both of these promotions doing well for themselves this week. I don't want to hear people talking about one sucks and one other. Both of these show, both of these promotions look like they're on their jobs right now. Obviously, the, the main event WrestleMania thing is wonky. No, I mean, but like it's compelling and they had a good show. I, I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you. I don't stop bitching about this shit, y'all. Bo- both pe- both teams are playing. Both teams are doing well. Sorry. So yeah, that's that's basically my take when I watched back. Like, I was like, bro, this is. Look at what this, this is. This is what a post-visit man, a major uh, and rest world looks like. Good wrestling, good shows. Tell me to fuck up. I might watch Matt now again next week because Rock and Roman gonna be on the show. Might do that. Just might. We'll see. Stay tuned. Put James on SmackDown duty. The SmackDown report from James Boy. I ain't look. I ain't done that since 2018. <laughs> but I guess we should hit the music. Free Mayu Iwatani. Okay. So, um, I, we talked about this last week about the fallout from, uh, stardom fire, or Bushiro firing Rossi Ogawa from stardom. And, uh, following that has been, you know, 
Uh, Dave Meltzer is reporting in The Observer. And um, Fumi Saito uh, talking to Jim Valley uh, two days ago, um, long form about his basic reports of, of what's going on. And uh, for the most part, it's more or less the same. Um, Fumi in his uh, YouTube uh, video basically talked about like, and Jim Valley basically said about like, you know, people just long have long assumed I'm, I'm like anything that or most things that uh, Meltzer gets in regards to stardom is from me because of my connections to to Ogawa, to Rossi. That's not the case. And then Jim Valley went on to say like, yeah, man, like when I first met you is because Dave told me to meet you and Dave didn't even tell me what you did. And his response, and like, <laughs> and it was funny because like the story is like Jim Valley met him uh, and they start driving and then like, Val, Jim asked Fumi, like, so what do you do? And then his response, his answer was, you see that seat, right? Or you see that seat, in, or this seat in the, in the uh, car? Hulk Hogan was sitting in that seat a week ago. Um, so, yeah. Uh, How long ago was this? When they first met? Yeah. Uh, it's been years. It's been years. Okay. Um, so Hulk maybe Hogan, maybe hey, when was the last time he was in Japan? Shit. So, uh, yeah, um, basically Fumi and Rossi's relationship dates back to the eighties. Um, that's, I think that's while he was working, uh, for all Japan women's, but not like before he got moved up enough to where he's actually like helping book stuff. He was basically Mm -hmm. at that point, he was the crush gals manager. Um, so fast forward, uh, past stuff, get to actual stardom, um, stuff, Fumi, or Dave Meltzer t- talks about how, um, talked about this week about, um, Julia is leaving for WWE, um, at some point in the near future, but she agreed to, um, help Ross start up the new promotion, um, sometime this year, uh, it will happen according to Fumi. Fumi said uh, that, like, he thinks, like, five of the main eventers, five people, he well, not five of the main eventers, five people he deemed as main eventers want to go with Rossi's group um, and will be able to leave after March. Um, and that he has people that he, that, uh, that Fumi dubbed as golden rookies and um, said that, like, they will be running... He said Sumo Plaza. I was like, I don't know what Sumo Plaza is, but I know what Sumo Hall is. Like, you're running, he's going to run Sumo Hall. That's, that's gigantic. But we'll see. I don't know. It, it was, I don't know what Sumo Plaza is. So, like, maybe, maybe that was a, you know, a mis, mis, misspeaking. But the plan is, you know, Julia and, um, main event talent, um, a number of them are leaving and they are, going to run a big show. They're not, it's not going to, and it don't sound like it's going to be Cork and Hall. So we'll see. Uh, also, you know, basically he also hinted to Jim Valley and by hints, I mean like basically all but tell like hint the same way that Tony Khan hints about like people about, about the United Center in TD Garden. He said that like, so he goes, yeah, so, um, you know, uh, there are two wrestlers there, um, and, uh, that are smaller and, um, I guess in, and uh, in men's wrestling, it'd be more uh, considered like junior heavyweights. 
uh, that, that both came from stardom and like, they can't leave yet until next year, but they want to leave, which is like, well, why do you just say their names? You basically explained, there's only two people that fit that description. So Rich, you were worried about them being split up. They don't sound like they're going to be split up. They're, they're going to be together, um, until next year at least, but it seems like they're, you know, they both want to leave and go to, uh, go with Rossi. So, um, at this point, Man, who's going to stay? So that's what I'm getting at. So at this point, it seems like the only person that is staying is Tam Nakano. And I don't know if she's staying cause she wants to stay or she's staying. Uh, and, and also like to, uh, what do you call it? Uh, fill the, 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 the power vacuum or if she wants to, or if she wants to stay because like, she's one of the people that stay, that signed through the years. She has no choice. So she may as well, she says she's going to stay and then bounce anyway. Cause like, you know, I I don't know, but it ain't looking good for the star. Um, if this, yeah. if this if all this stuff comes to fruition, it's gonna it's gonna be uh, stardom ran how stardom used to be ran. And one of the reasons why, and uh, Fumi mentioned this as far as saying like uh, this pairs with Meltzer's reporting about like what you, I don't know if you read this when he's talking about like they wanted him to, they wanted him to play aggressive cards he was not happy about. Fumi explains, elaborates, says like, remember we were playing about this two years ago. And there's also when they start compl- talk, saying like the, the the things started being weird. It's like, hey, um, there are two pay per views a week or two pay per views a month now. Used to be always be one. Now it's two. We t- we noted about that. We talked about the Sarmis Showcase stuff. Rossi said that he did not. Er, he said that Rossi did not like having all the stardom and showcase stuff with all the gimmick matches because they didn't have any build towards anything. It just you're just doing them to do them. Same things we played about. He also said that contributed. Uh, Fumi also said he felt, or not that Rossi did, but Fumi felt that that contributed to the to the injury rate, which you know, there was a lot of that. Um, so yeah, like a lot of things we complained about over the last two years about like why are they running two pay per views a month or every two weeks? Um, what is Stardom in Showcase exactly? Um, Fumi is basically elaborating, saying like. The people that are in tra- the people that are in charge. Rossi thought that he was going to be in charge of the booking. Eventually, corporate did the. Well, we have merchandise stuff here, so we need to like do the merchandise first, and then worry about like how to get creatively to get to a heel or a face turn based off new merchandise. It's um, like reverse engineering shit, and it's like you have to let the the wrestlers lead the way and then like support the wrestlers with the merchandising, with the promotion. And you can't design the promotion to, and then make the matches match. Like it's like, that's how people get in trouble. Like that's how people get less interested in things. Right. And that is also like how eighties cartoons were made. And when you go back and watch them past nostalgia, if you were a kid and know no better, you're like, Oh, these are awful. So Floyd was on here last week talking about He-Man being awful, and I pointed out to you, I pointed out on the show, like, He-Man was a, you know, were toys that were eventually made into a show to then help them sell the toys, to launch the toys and sell them. And Brewhaven said the same and, thing like, as you, awful. James. Sorry? <laughs> Brewhaven in the comments said the same thing as you at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, like, this this is due for failure. So that's why you've seen like even though 2022 held up strong, 2023 went awry. And one thing I want to point I want to point out in Melser's uh, reporting 
in the Observer was that like he said that like the the Julia thing that caused the belt to be changed early was about Maya Yuki and saying that Yuki did not want to um had to be protected because she's a champion ice ribbon at an ice ribbon at the time. She was not. Not only was she not uh the singles champion in ice ribbon, she wasn't the champion in ice or she wasn't a champion in ice ribbon in any belt since 2021. And she wasn't the singles champion in Ice Ribbon since 2020. And I know that for a fact because that's the reason why. Because Yuki's title run at that time was the reason why I even got an Ice Ribbon. And she lost to Suzuki. So I was like, huh? So that needs to be fixed or, or you know, clarified or whatever the fuck he really meant or whatever else. But like, because yeah, she was I, a I thought their thing, I thought their thing had nothing to do with it. I thought it was a personal issue. Why, that's why what they it, didn't. That's what it really is by all accounts. And. But Meltzer added this thing about she needed to be protected because she was a champion. Ice Ribbon was like she wasn't even in Ice Ribbon at the time. I like when they had that when she showed up for, um, you know, the start of Turkey or uh, um Triangle Derby. I was there over in Japan. I went to the first Nihon few, James. <laughs> I went to the first few uh Triangle Derby shows, and I was at Ice Romania. I don't remember if I I don't remember if uh, Yuki was there or not. I don't think she was on Romania that year, let alone the champion or whatever, because Anna was a champion at the time. Anyway, so, um, back to less your hand, um, it just seems like the, it seems like the way this is going, like, there's going to be, because of the money of the, all this stuff, either stardom is going to wash out with all the talent that's there, that are originally from, from, um, the original stardom, if you will, before, Bush, before the Bushiro Potters, that's more way. The real stardom. The real stardom. And like, what's going to happen is like, they either going to have to fill the void of bringing in freelancers, top freelancers, like Amaya Yuki, whatever else. And then, um, they try to keep the thing afloat or they're just going to shut it down because that was something that, um, Toro O'Connell mentioned, like, uh, it, when it hit, in his side of the story to Tokyo Sports is that like, if this shit don't hold up, we'll just shut it down or we might have to just shut the shit down. And, it, the amount Crazy. of talent that uh, Fumi made it seem like is, it ain't gonna be, it don't seem like it's gonna be split out the middle. It's like everybody realized, like, corporate's involved in this, and they realized it, and they all trust Rossi because Rossi broke most of them into the business or or made them stars to levels they never were previously. They trust him. He's the one there all the time in the, in, you know, in the office. These people, they don't know. They just met these motherfuckers. They only come in to meddle with their, with their ideas and plans. They all want out too. And also, as Sardom is, you know, multiplied in uh profit their contract's still the same because they're still getting paid mostly off commission but their their base salaries just got raised but the base probably ain't gotten paid as a raise with the company so they're all frustrated apparently and so yeah um question from zekamagi say here's my thing didn't bushi road have this control with new japan like they did stardom so i'll say this this is i feel like this is a slightly di- different situation i might be speaking out of turn here but Bushi Road, like they inherited Rossi Ogawa. Yeah. So Rossi's not their pick. They gave him a job there. Right. So there's familiarity. Like, who appointed Gato? Was it if because Gato would be like, I think, executing the Bushi Road vision right, or whatever right. the last yeah. decade or whatever similar, similar to how people talk about like when a gm hires a head coach or an ad hires a head coach in college football it's like you always have to be wary of it it did did the ad did the gm make the hire 
because they're mm-hmm. always going to bring in their guy if it's not you know working as successfully as they would like, or they just won't always make okay. them hired because that saves and extends their job. So, so I'm learning Gato was brought on right before Bruce Road took over, like a couple years. But okay. I'm saying after years and years, they kind of become one. Right, and also, um, and also, this should be noted. Uh, Fumi talked about this. Corporate views stardom or seemingly view stardom as this isn't wrestling. This is another thing to sell merchandise, di- merchandising in, in card games, and other shit, because Bushiroad is a card, co- card company. They don't see them as wrestlers in the sense that like they wouldn't come in and tell Gato to blow up his booking or change things because the wrestlers wouldn't listen to them and neither would Gato which we've seen before, which is like why the IWGP titles don't get defended or, or, or whatever yeah. else. But in regards to it being wrestling that are <laughs> done by women, then they they, they don't hold it in There's the same respect. There's even less respect, respect no, there. They, they, yeah, so they just say, we can do what we want, we can make it work because it's a merchandise machine, we can make anybody stars. It's almost, it's it, it, it wasn't as far of a step as like the shit when people talked about how Lauren Nice thought he could do the Diva Surf thing, but it's but it, it, it sounds of like the same flaw in logic of thinking like, well, I we can make anything work because we have talented wrestlers. It's like, nah, that's not how that works. You got to have people that have done this before or like have an eye for this that you've seen. And I was going to say, haven't done this before in that way. I was going to say they're going to think they can turn around talent, but they're not going to have the scouting of Ogawa. They're not going to have the talent development like with him. They're just going to the 40 years grow- of experience, see the ups and downs and know how to change things as time goes. They're going like, this sounds all really bad. Like this sounds like within twelve months, stardom will not exist as we know it. Maybe even sooner than that. Well, I mean, Rich, oh well, like, well, gotta... well, one, it it actually isn't going to exist as we know it. It yeah. might not exist. Period is what yeah, I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like I'm I'm now like moved for I am moved on from the side of saying like I think that the uh the post stardom situation or. The the Rossi post-stardom situation, he promotion he's going to start is going to do well, and we have two great promotions or two promotions worth watching. To now thinking like, nah, Rossi's going to be fine because Rossi's going to have his own money. Because Rossi, remember, Rossi became a multi-millionaire off of the the selling of Stardom. He's funding this shit on his own. I didn't own. know all this. Sorry, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, he's not looking for a backing like how when he first started you know, RCN or when he started stardom, like he's doing this out of his own pocket to start this own thing, his own thing. So like, yeah. Um, he has the, he has, it seems like he has the talent. He has, he already has connections. He already did this shit for multiple years with stardom before he even sold the Bushy road. Whatever. Who knows what connection he has on the part where he's been around, uh, people. He can get now any he, building he wants probably. Cause he has, yeah. I mean, he has a well. He has an issue that Fumi talked about. Where it was like Cork and Hall when they rent out, you know, shows or whatever else. They give show. They give shows out to promotion via seniority. So like, mm-hmm. if Stardom in uh in this new Rossi thing is going to like ha- have the same date or they come to him for dates or whatever else, Stardom's gonna have the the in the seniority even though Rossi is Rossi fucking promotion just five years ago. But whatever. Um. But outside of that. There, it seems like he's going to have the talent. So, um, like like Julia mentioned, like they say with Julia, like she's going to stick around for a few months to get this shit, help to get this shit off the ground with matches and programs until she leaves off for WWE. So, yeah, like 
and then like the people and then you know and it's gonna shit it seems like it's gonna come in waves where like people that were signed on longer than just the end of uh this particular spring there it seems like they're probably they're not gonna they're not gonna stick around for stardom either so yeah um so they're gonna have Tam's, they're about to circle saying she's gonna stand stand around now micah saying she's gonna stand around um but i think when they say stand around we don't know how long that means. We don't know how long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause like Mayu has to stand around, but she just being she just being vocal and saying she don't want to fucking be here. Yeah. A lot of stuff like that was coming out with regarding Mayu Atani, and it was like, um, you know, I as far as like, you know, translations and stuff, I, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of like reporting around her unhappiness. Yeah. And um that that doesn't you know, obviously she's got the movie coming this year. Yep. So like, there's a lot of pressure on her. Like, she still has that. Uh, she I still has the IWGP belt, yep. which even gets weirder now by the day. Like when you think about it, in conjunction with like Julia having the fucking New Japan Strong belt, and eventually that shit's got to come off of her. And well, I mean, it's not gonna become off her. Is she's she gonna hand it in? Yeah, she gonna turn that bitch in. Yeah. Like, do you think that's gonna? Is there any chance in hell? You thinking Nasco Tour in a couple weeks is going to be her? Because I don't. I don't think Julia is doing a job to anybody, right? Anymore, right? Yeah, like she would be like, "I refuse." Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Like, like first off, <clears throat> never mind. I'm not going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I I just I was move on after saying like I wouldn't chose that opponent for her, but whatever. That's their prerogative. Oh, laugh uh, with me says if Rossi's Fed doesn't bang, people might resign next year with stardom. Uh, I mean, the money will be there with stardom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the money will be there. Uh, the money will be there. So it's least, just like people that will, are familiar with that setup will, will be like, yeah, that's some, that's the money. I just but, have I just have questions about like the management strategy. Like if they are, see the promotion as like the wrestling is the last thing, and they see them as like essentially these assets that like they don't see the wrestling first that concerns me right like, just just from a, a know-how standpoint right it's like you that means you truly don't know what you're doing right and it's like that is a particularly hard brand of wrestling to begin involved in for you to to know that now and to continue and to sign up for it and continue to do it unless you're just in it for the power and money and there are plenty of people that will do that or there will be a number of people that will do that. Uh, like, I just think that at this point, like, most of the, or a lot of the roster is going to be like, hey, I've done it. I've done it and I made some money with Rossi and, like, I can make some money without Rossi. Um, but, like, I'm out in, like, it's for the people, and, like, starting will be for the people that, like, you know, like a lot of the ice ribboners or some of the ice ribboners are like, just was like, I, 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 you know, like the Sheeta Oscar types would be like, never Rossi. Like they might pick, they might stick their hands in the star and whatever else. Or, and, and good for Oz them. Kong? Possibly. Whatever. But it's like, can't, can't hey, wait to get Oz Kong and start them. But, but like, I don't know, man. Like that's a hard schedule. That's going to have to continue. Like maybe you know, maybe they benefit from maybe the company benefits from the part where like they lose so much star power, they have to pull it back. 
But the way they were talking about, like, you know, we want to, you want to go back to the local markets and do, you know, basically do the road two stuff or whatever else. It's like, nah, man, the road two stuff is what worn out, what wore out this roster. Like, cause we were, we were wrestling three times a week. It's a lot. You're wrestling three times. You're wrestling three times a week, and it's a hard style after the third match or after the second match. Question from Zekamaki says, uh, "Put the IWGP title on Tam. Uh, I don't know if I'm in- even interested in Julia going to the Fed at this time. Like, does Momo, Azumi, Starlight Kid, and maybe a few others get booked different than they are now if they go with Rossi?" Um. I mean, we got to see who these five made. Who are these five people that uh, Fumi has dubbed as main inventors, right? Because it could be like Shuri, it could be like Utami, you right. know, Kamatani. Like, because look, Kamatani for since since or let me phrase it, uh, since 2021, there have been six. There have been six people you can consider a main inventor in, in in starting from my opinion. It'd be Tam Nakano, Shuri. Uh, Julia, Utami Hashishta, Saya Kamatani, and Mayu Watani. I think those would be the six people you say are the clear main or the main inventor slash biggest stars at, uh, of the company since uh, since 2021. Um, if I don't think they're clean sweeping that, I just don't. Where or clean, clean sweeping it to where? Well, one just mathematically they they can't even get. They said he said five. If if he's, I don't know if he's including Julia or not, but. Tam and Mayu are staying or have to stay slash are staying. So like mathematically, who else are we talking about? Would that be Poi? Would that be Mina? Like, uh, what, is that Micah? We, we don't know. We don't know. But uh, it obviously it leads to reckless speculation. And, you know, we've already done a lot of that here um, on in different parts of uh, the wrestling world. So we may as well do it here now, I guess. But yeah, like once he, me, once he let the bag out, to, but once he let the bag out to me, or that Fumi let the bag out, they like, he's talking about Starlight Kid and Azumi is like, oh, well, okay then. You know, like yeah. for me, my fandom, well, like I got Mayu, well, I got Tam, well, they go, I go. I got Shuri, and then as, as and then after that, like for me, it's Azumi and Starlight Kid because like, of the yeah. rivalry in the future of it. Like, if it were, yeah, it's basically, basically like that. Wherever they go, I go. You know, like I don't know how much Julia Tam and doing this. Julia's leaving. Well, then I am too. Like, <laughs> so um, we'll see how this goes, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. Like, you know, over the months because, like, it, it, the word was March is when a lot of these contracts run out, and um, I don't. It, you know, they've already sold a, a shit ton of tickets for that Philadelphia show for us many weeks. Like, they're gonna have to announce a lineup. You know. Or as far as who's who's going to be there and who's not, and and you'll have a clear you have a clear picture. You won't like see who's yeah of who's on the Rossi side and who's on the the Bushy Road side as far as getting that keep getting them checks. So, um, yeah, man, I just I just hope that it's like not a landslide in 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 favor of Rossi again. I would like to see if they're going to split this if this roster has to get split up. I would like to see it be something equitable so where we can see like two kick ass promotions. Cause there, you, there's there's enough talent on that starting roster a week ago for it to be two kick ass promotions. Man, um, it's all kind of stinks either yeah. way. Oh, also, uh, <laughs> Fumi mentioned that like he has that uh, that Rossi already has a, a belt being made. Um, would not answer whether or not the belt was. Is it red? Yeah, see, <laughs> see, see, see. That was the first question Jim Valley asked. That was the first thing I thought about. Is it red or not? But uh, would not answer that. Um, said that there will be a uh, tag titles 
and believes that there will be trios titles. I don't remember if he said there will be a secondary title like a white belt or all Pacific. I'm not sure. Mm. Well, I, I wonder what Rossi's going to call it. That's that's interesting. That's I'm, that's what I'm wanting to know next. Like, uh, but like when when Fumi said like they're gonna run a big they're gonna run a show this year, and he said Sumo Plaza, and I'm like, I don't know what no Sumo Plaza is, but I know what Sumo Hall is. That's you know, that's that's a that's a big thing. Brewhaven Pro Wrestling Mary. That's funny. <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, man, that's that's yeah, pretty much all I got on, on the in right now as as we go right now. But um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, it's they breaking up a dynasty, man. They 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 consolidated all that goddamn talent, and it was just you know we thought like it was gonna it be, exploded. We thought it was gonna be you know retirements or whatever else. It turned out to be the other thing, the business. Yep. Yep. Damn. For those that are listening for, via podcast, I changed my background to Julia versus Tam because one is staying and one is going for now. And and as usual, it's look, it's Tam Tam Roe versus Ice Lore. As always, Maybe. the best. The, the the best of the two of the ideologies. You know, you got you, you got a Nokiaism. <laughs> You got Baba shit, and you got Tim Rhodes and Ice Floor. <laughs> oh man, I think, I think I'm going I'm to see what Rossi's talking about. So oh, look, <laughs> look, um, you know, I don't, you know, for some reason, well, I know why because he's a hater. Velkage don't set claims that he don't like either one, and I'm just like, hey, bro, like the Ice Floor. And the Tam Road has been some of the best stuff I've ever seen in pro wrestling. I don't know what the fuck you talking about, bro. So uh, we'll see how this. We'll see where it ends up or whatever don't else. Worry. But um, if if it goes down, if Stardom goes down, Velkes will be run, look. and it'll it'll just be it'll just be some else by name because you know how they say you know church not a church is not a building it's a, or not, it's just it's not a place it's people. If all them damn people is with Rossi, <laughs> Stardom will live on. It will just be called something else. Velkes will be lurking around a corner somewhere. Whatever happens, he ain't ready to hate. Me. Ready he to be hateful. Me. Oh man, uh, but yeah, I you know I sucks that yep. you know this whole thing is um is kind of risen, and you hope that they would start recognizing like on the stardom end that that is a faulty philosophy that they are planning to operate with. Someone needs to have a conversation with them. I don't know who it is and say, Hey, if you want to keep this thing rolling, here's what you do. Like right. <laughs> you find a fucking like a top four or six <laughs> and you protect them and you build everything from there. You don't come up with something in a fucking boardroom. I- say you want to sell it. And then it's like, all right, all all these matches have to match now. Right. No, right now, like better yet, to be like, hey, you see how you bought this thing and it was making X amount of money, and then like since you bought it in like the two years when you didn't fucking mess with it, or three years when you didn't fucking mess with it, it it quintupled in value. You're not gonna. The only thing you're gonna do is fuck it up. It's not broken. Leave it alone. But no, no, got a medal, got a medal. Zekumaki says, I do think with 
or just the number two promotion goes down the drain. Tam's going to have to carry stardom on her back. I do think with Okada leaving some of the stardom or with Okada leaving some of the stardom talent will try to leave and try America. The Japanese wrestling scene is kind of dire and possibly losing Cork and Hall in the dome. <clears throat> yeah, there's some, there's shocked. some there's somebody's going to jump. Yeah, somebody's going to jump. Um, we just, we don't know who. And also, uh, also mentioned in the Melsa report was that like, that like we talked about as far as uh the Ro- or the Tony Khan shots at Rossi was that like, you know, AEW side was, you know, really frustrated with like not being able to get stardom wrestlers, one of them for Vendor, the pay- they obviously had pay-per-views on the same day. Um but like over on the stardom side, they said people said they were fierce at, at Tony Khan over it. Like cause that shit ain't got nothing to do with Tony Khan or that shit ain't really got to do, do with Rossi. Like that's that was Obari who got fired. Or sorry, mm-hmm. Harada that got fired. So yeah, man. Um and we'll see. Also, uh mention like with the five wrestlers, uh the five domestic wrestlers, or six domestic wrestlers, there was also talk of like Rossi wants to bring in five foreigners. Like he wants to get back to the, you know, the two thousand seven era or not two thousand seventeen era, but like the uh the, the post Yoshika era where it's like it's it's a it's a mix of both. Or whatever mm-hmm. else. So um that that'd be cool because obviously that's a huge distinction from what like Bushiro Sardom has been. Like that shit has been domestic as fuck. Um and like I don't know who the five that's are. That's how obviously. Niagara Driver likes it. Niagara Driver ain't trying to see no foreigners out here. I'll, if let, you Niagara, ain't from, I'll let Niagara Driver defend himself. If you ain't from Nihon, <laughs> take your ass out. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Niagara. Oh man, that's funny. That's you ain't funny. from D Horn, get the fuck on. Exactly. <laughs> who wrote, who wrote that for real? Okay. No, I, no. Wrote, I wrote that. Me. Okay. No, nah, the way you said it was like, is if someone said that in the board, like, nah, who typed that up that damn fast? Okay. All right, there you go. That's, <laughs> if you ain't from D Horn, get the fuck on. That's, that's outstanding. That's outstanding. All right. Yeah, but I think that's the end of the show. It ain't yeah. topping that. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, thanks Uh-oh. for listening, y'all. If you are uh, listening, uh, I'm sorry, if you're watching from the stream, you are not listening to the podcast, be sure to go to our podcast and show notes and go to our Red Circle link there. You can uh, donate there. Um, be sure to listen to other shows on the network. Besides one each radio, you have Keeping It Strong Style, All Things Elite, uh, Wrestle, Wrestle Things with Chris Art. Plant. Did I say that right this time? Russell Art. Russell Art with Chris Chris things. Chris plan. What the fuck am I doing? My bad, Chris. My bad. Uh, I, I will one day. I will like look at the show notes and actually read the damn thing off. Um, Tunnel Talk, the Trish and Sarah Wrestling Podcast. Uh, All time great audio from from Trish and Sarah. Okay, uh, the last episode. I'll check that out. I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, I saw that uh, Tunnel Talk released something. What yesterday or this morning? Yes. Yeah, yep. yeah I gotta see that too. So. Uh, and also, not, last but not least, you know the the ugly duckling, the ugly duckling on the podcast, uh, uh, RSS feed, the M's uh, WWE adventure, like covering the biggest promotion in the world, and it gets the least amount of love uh, from uh, from us because it's the thirty e- minutes a week, <laughs> thirty minutes a week. That's all we can, all, all we can suffer. All that's all we can clear to go out over our airwaves. So, uh, 
so thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.